This is Zachary Snow representing HRG, and you're listening to TRSF. He got a bicycle. Wrestling fans, what's going on? This is Just, and you're listening to the regular season sportscast. Fucking bullshit! Hey guys, this is Sonya Strong, and you're listening to the regular season forecast. I've been in the danger zone. Welcome to Raw is the regular season sportscast. <laughs> It's funny how when I first started TRSS, we had a a theme that we couldn't use because it was already copyrighted. We used to use Hate Me Now by Nas. And for weeks and weeks, um, producer of this show, My Take Radio's host and RageWorks.net's chief in command, Chief, the chief, uh, chief operating op- uh, officer, Big Rich, was like, dude, we can't use that theme. We got to change it. We got to change it. So finally, one day, sat me down and was sending me samples of music to use. And I was, I hated every theme that was thrown, every theme that, that came my way. I hated it. It was so awful. And when you're looking for like, uh, uh, open to the public free music you know you can tell why it's that way it's just god awful and it, it, it took a few minutes probably like a half almost 45 minutes or stuff, just listening and listening to samples until finally came across the theme that you hear now and i tell him i said you know if i gotta go with anything I, i'm I, I it has to be this one because i this is this is something that sounds like you would hear at a sports show, like the most cheesiest 90s music opening to a sports show. I said, this this one would work. And he goes, it's funny you said that because that's exactly the one that I was going to go with. So, And then now that you hear it every week on this show, it's like it's become a staple. Like It's like it's recognizable. I, and I as much as. I've gone and listened to other people's shows, whatever. I, to be honest with you, I've never heard a entrant like a, a theme music for a show that is so quietly corny, but yet totally fits the genre of the show, the the the, the element of the show. It's that's what it is, cheesy corny. That's what the regular season sportscast is. We are cheesy corny. Bling. Welcome everybody to another episode of. The regular season sportscast. I am your host, Jay the Red Santee, artist extraordinaire, sportscaster to the world, king of talk style, and the man that'll make you dance in your pants. Once again, I want to thank you guys for being a part of the regular season sportscast. Be sure you check us out on social media, Facebook, the regular season sportscast, as well as on Instagram, regular season sports. Check us out on Twitter, RWJ Santi. Check out the YouTube page, regular season sportscast, in which we just uploaded a new video. Big shout out to our boy, host of Call Me When It's Over, Josie's boy, 
who did an uh, NBA 2K17 review, real in-depth interview. I mean, he, he ran way longer than I thought he would, but it was actually really, really good because it gave you guys the perspective of an actual player, not someone who's there just to be a talking head for a product. He literally says he comes over whenever he comes over. He's, he's, he's basically furniture in his household. That's how, that's how, how many times a week he comes here and how much time he spends here. He, uh, I buy the game for him. Basically I buy the two K series for him because I play it, but I'm not much. I don't, I don't play it that deeply because I have so many other games that I'm playing and I'm catching up on. And I'm going to go into that on this week's rant. That's what this week's rant is going to be about sports, video games and stuff. But with him, I specifically buy the game for him because I know he's going to put in countless hours on it and he never disappoints. You know, he, he, I could wake up in the morning and he's there playing. I can, you know, come in from work and if he's, he's there playing. So it goes to show you that that's, that's a guy who's committed to his NBA 2K series. He plays other games, but if I know the go to, it will be the 2K series he goes to. So check it out on YouTube. You know, he did a, a, a really detailed and, and in my opinion, really, really, really good overview that a lot of, let's say, reviewers or YouTubers have the ability to do. So shout out to shout out to Josie's boy for that. Also, make sure you check out my, my Facebook page, Jay Santee. That's where I, that's basically the hub of where everything channels on to from all social media outlets. Everything goes straight through there. I know a lot of group pages are annoyed by me because although you may consider it spamming what I do, I'm just sharing the masses of what the regular season sports cast and its characters and its role players and which what we do to all of you. And we want you to be a part of it. So please partake in that world. So be sure you check us out there. Also, everything that's RageWorks.net, make sure you check us out on RageWorks.net. Be sure you get TRSS straight on your phones, on your homepage at trsspodcast.com. trsspodcast.com. You'll be, you, you, it's the one click stop for all things TRSS. And be sure you check out rageworks.net forward slash shop where you could go and check out all the paraphernalia for not only TRSS, but all things Rageworks. So make sure you check us out right there as well. So this week, this week is a very emotional week for me, man. I, I, you know, I, I, I try to give you guys with my opening salvos a, a glimpse of what my life is about. You know, everything that goes through TRSS is not only just sports related. So, also, I want to get personal because I want you guys to get a sense of what I do here and what is just the, just the goings on that 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 happens on a day to day basis. You know, it's it's constantly sport. It's sports. It's you know, preparation. It's getting getting ideas together for any bits, any skits upcoming interviews, uh, just just a, a culmination of stuff. And plus, you know, I have a day job. It was actually a night job. I do the overnights at a at a hospital. And, you know, and I'm also raising a now nine-year-old girl. And I got to tell you, like, this past year, this past year has been rough for, for, for not only myself, but definitely on her. You know, I, I've explained it in earlier episodes that I recently went through a transitioning 
and I'm, you know, I'm trying to be you know, politically correct with the shit that I'm saying here, but, uh, you know, but, you know, her, her mother and I broke up after almost 10 years of a relationship. We knew each other for about 13 and we were together for almost 10 years. And, you know, when you're an adult, you, you still go through the hardships and understandings of, how the, the metamorphosis of the relationship changed and how everything broke down, you know, and, and that's if you're healthy with the relationship. Sometimes if you don't understand all the cases, you're still healthy. It's just that it's, it's you, you, you really can't channel and focus where everything went wrong, which is okay because once it occurs, it's like, you know, if it's broken, it's broken. You can try to fix it. You could try to go through therapy. You could try to talk it out. You could try to stick, stick to it but at the end of the day if it's unrepairable that you you have to go to that next step and move on and that's what you know uh my my daughter's mother and i what we just had to make that conclusion and of course you know during the transition there there was anger resentment and whatever fucking catch words that you hear in therapy and psychological breakdowns of relationships I'm not going to give that general rundown because in all honesty, you're fucking pissed. And that's the, that's, that's, you know, anybody who tells you that they go through a breakup and, oh, it's mutual. No, you're fucking pissed. And especially for as long as I was in a relationship, we were together. You, you definitely have anger. And I'm not going to go into the specifics of what, what happened because, you know, that's, that's, there's certain things I got to fucking hold back. That's 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 not only my business. That's her business. That she don't want that shit out. But uh, things happen. We were, we go our separate ways, and you got to come to the realization that the one person that's going to matter most after all the smoke is cleared is the child or the children. And I only have her. I don't have any other children. I only have uh, Super Producer Sally. She's she's been a trooper. She's been a champ through it all. You know, it's she saw a lot of changes, a lot of um, a lot of loss. She saw a lot of of behaviors altered. And for her being so young to see that and deal with that, it kind of brought me to a point that it made me think about what happened. In my transitioning, when I was raised with a single parent, I didn't have my dad. My pops was gone right out the womb. Like as soon as I was born, he was he was gone. He was out. So I didn't. I never had the. I never felt that lost. It wasn't until like years later when you know I go through fucking psych classes and shit, and they tell me that you know you you're suffering from father issues, and I'm like, fuck you. But in real honesty, it is because now it's it's projected onto my child because what. My father did to me, I'm not doing with my daughter. I'm not abandoning her. I'm still there. I'm there every day. Uh, I'm picking her up after school. I'm doing homework with her. We are having, you know, our quality time. I don't call her super producer Sally for nothing because to be honest with you, she does give a lot of ideas for the show, which is funny because she's only, she just turned nine and some of the goofy fucking bits that I do on this damn show comes from her. She has a lot of, lot of, you know, she comes with a lot of goofy ideas, and I say, hey, maybe that'll work. 
and sometimes it goes over. But she's 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 been holding on. Even though she's seen she's seen things that she shouldn't have seen, you know, the bickering, the the cold the cold feelings in the room, the 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 resentment. She still was able to hold on with a brave face, a brave front, and try to make each day a little lighter and a little and bring a smile to our faces, even though we were struggling. And to quote Dr. Phil, which I can't believe I'm actually gonna quote this stupid fuck, but he actually made sense with this one. It's uh it's better for a child to overcome a broken home than to continue to live in one. Which is yeah, this is generally the thing. I gotta tell you when when I heard I was gonna be a father, and mind you, this was it wasn't no boo boos and like I didn't pull out in the right time. We did, she was planned. I'll let you guys know that. Uh, when I heard I was going to be a father, I was sitting in a barber's chair. I was working at a, I was with a dean at a high school at a time, and I got the phone call from her mother, and she told me that she was pregnant. We all, well, we tried once before, and she didn't catch. And I guess my boys wasn't swimming that much, and uh, <laughs> and this time they they hit the target. My um my heart just is swole with enjoyment. And then when I found out. Uh, a few months down the road that I was going to have a little girl. Uh, anxiety just rose because, you know, I've, you know, I always tell people who have kids, I say, you know, if you have a if you have a son, it's a beautiful thing. You know, you're always going to have that. And this is for the males, for fathers. If you have a son, it's always a, it's a beautiful thing because you always can have that bond, you know, with that male bonding thing and stuff, you know, your horseplay and you know, trying to, you know, trying to to have your son emulate what you do. But when you have a little girl, and especially if you're going to be pre- like present for her, upgr- uh, her upbringing, there's a whole different stratosphere of anxiety that comes up. And I kid you not, like your whole senses of, of, of being a man takes another level because now it's, you're protected of you're you're, protect, you're protecting of this 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 young this young woman this little girl this this your your baby and now you know that for all the ills that you know that society can can do to a female you're now heavily guarded and I kid you not you you seriously go to a mental state to where I I you know I die for my kids but for my daughter it becomes like. You you become ne- you become generally next level. I told a friend of mine, I said, you know, you know, you you know, you have a boy now. You got a little girl now. Get ready because you're gonna be, you're gonna be on your fucking toes for real. And it's it's serious. It's serious. And one thing I can say before I, I continue forward, did the term "daddy's little girl" is no joke. Like it's it's official to where the sense that. The love that a little girl can have for her father, it's, 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 it's unexplainable. You generally, if you're, you're the type of father that's been around and been, been present and doing what he has to do and been, been, been productive and always conscious of what your child is going through, you, you generally do not do 
any wrong. You you don't do wrong. These past nine years have probably been one of the most greatest years of my life. I just recently turned 40 and I can't remember a span of my life in which that I had nothing but joy every day. Of course, I went through my ups and downs. Of course, I had my struggles when I was, you know, later years in my relationship. But just to know that every day I saw that beautiful face and she smiled at me and she would say, I love you, daddy. Are you okay, daddy? I'm going to fart on your head, daddy. That brings nothing but tranquil and solace to what I can go on today and tomorrow. So this show I dedicate to my celly bear. Happy birthday, my baby. You're nine going on 19. You're going to be on this episode again because, you know, you have your football picks this week. And just to always know that regardless of what goes on and what happened and what's going to happen, you can always go back to this episode and be reminded that daddy loves you. And everything that he does is just try to make everything better for you. All right, guys, this episode, we got a quick rundown going on. We're going to do NFL reviews and previews. Also got our picks. Sully's going to be sitting in for that. Super producer Sully. Got uh, got some got some news going on. This week's rant is going to be about, like I said, sports video games. It's probably not what you think I'm going to go about it, but I like to say that uh, I see a trend going on, and I think it might be better if we went another route with it. Uh, like I said, just a quick NBA 2K17 uh, pr- pr- uh, review from me. But you can also check out Josie's Boy on our YouTube page. Some, some slight basketball talk. Season's about to kick off soon. And I got a nice, nice, nice interview lined up with House of Glories. And let me say this. Let me phrase this right because I don't want to make any mistakes about this. House of Glories senior official Zachary Snow is in the building. We have a we have a chat with him. Well, technically, he's not in the building. He was on the phone, but no, whatever. It works the same anyway. Let me tell you, it's it's always cool to have wrestlers come in, but I always wanted to I wanted to get a referee or an official in because this is the guy who's basically the maestro, the conductor, the 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 man who helps to get the song or the music that we see in the ring with wrestlers. He's the conductor of it. He's the he orchestrates. He helps to orchestrate what's going on. So, got a lot of good information. You you be you'll be surprised about uh, where where Zachary's been and what he's done, and what's his what's his plans for the future, man. So be sure you check us out there. Uh, got a got got a new a new sponsor coming up for you guys. Mm. Let's just say, like I said, help to help to be produced and produ- and the production done by super producer uh, super producer Sally. So, uh. If you're into country music, this might be the uh, this might be the ticket for you. So we'll be back. I'm gonna pay some bills. Check us out in a minute. Why, look at what we have here, folks! T R S S bits and pieces. Do you love country music? Do you love the sweet sounds of olden times? 
times in which you can drink moonshine out of a mason jar, step on horse poop and call it lucky, or even sit back and chew on some good old tobacco. But with these times, you also enjoy the modern, this day and age type of music and charm. Well, we have an artist for you here at TRSS. TRS brings to you Curly Red J, the modern country singer. Yes, friends, Curly Red J likes to bring to you old-timey country music with the sweet sounds of modern pop culture with his take on Britney Spears. Ooh, baby, 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 I did it again. I played with your heart. I got lost in this game. Ooh, baby, 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 you think I'm in love. Dancing from above. I'm not that innocent. Is it she love me? This Hollywood girl She's a lucky And she's a star She cry, cry, cry In this lonely heart Thinking there's nothing Missing in my life But why do these tears come at night? You can enjoy such classic hits as Britney Spears, but also get the modern contemporary songs by Justin Bieber. And I didn't want to write a song, cause I didn't want anyone thinking I still cared or don't, but you still hit my phone up. And baby, I'll be moving on, and I think it should be something I don't want to hold back. Maybe you should know that my mama don't like you, and she like everyone. And I never like to admit that I was wrong. And I've been so caught up in my job, didn't see what's going on. And now I know, I know, I know, I better sleeping on my own. Cause if you like the way you look that much, oh baby, you should go and love yourself. And if you think that I'm still holding on to something, you should go and love yourself. Yeah, is it too late now to say sorry? Cause I'm missing more than just your body. Oh, and is it too late now to say sorry? Yeah, I know that I let you down, but it's too late to say I'm sorry now. I'm sorry. Yeah! I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, get it out. I know that I let you down. It's too late to say I'm sorry now. Curly Red J also brings you classic R&B music from New Edition. Cause I need somebody who will stand by me. 
to the good times and bad times, you'll always, always be riding sunny days. Everybody loves him. Tell me, can you stand away? <laughs> so if you enjoy a good take on pop culture music and classic R&B, take a listen to Curly Red J, the country sensation that's going to burn out the Chitlin circuit, Brownsville, Brooklyn, in Wichita, Kansas. If you want to listen to some good old country music with a modern take, Curly Red J is the artist for you. Give him a listen in. Be sure you throw on your old 10-gallon hat with your Timberland boots. Because Curly Red J is the man for you. Smoke marijuana too. You can buy all Curly Red J's music at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Dwayne Reed. They usually have a rack that has all the sad music that nobody buys. It's all the CDs are right there in that little corner by the toys and the old makeup that old ladies wear and those candies that for Halloween but you can see it there Valentine's Day as well this commercial is brought to you by the regular season sports cast this week's rant this week's rant is brought to you by the Threat Connect the Threat Connect you guys want some custom apparel fitteds snapbacks dad hats buttons Jerseys, all apparel, custom made, your designs, their designs, put it together. Check them out at The Threat Connect on Facebook as well as on Instagram at The Threat Connect. Let me tell you, when I was in need of getting my buttons done for TRSS, reached out to those guys and those guys gave me such such a, a, a helpful hand on getting my, my buttons done. Professionally made, they look awesome. You guys check out my pictures on uh, the regular season sportscast on Instagram at the regular season sportscast. You can see the pictures of the buttons and I'm actually going to check them out and see if they can hook me up with some patches for uh, the TRSS logos and stuff. So I'm going to see if I, I reach out to those guys. So be sure you check them out on Facebook at the threat connect as well as on Instagram at the threat connect. So for this week's rank, I want to talk about you know this 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 time of the year is a major explosion in sports video games i mean it's we have madden season we the nba 2k season we have fifa's coming out nhl the wwe's 2k is coming out as well it's just a plethora of video games that come out and i got to tell you that this is a time of season that i have a love hate a connection with because it's so many games that I want to be a part of and play. I've often said that I, I need a vacation just to play my video games. There's so many games I have to catch up on. When I go to the video game stores, I end up picking up games like for my 360 that I haven't played. 
I, I, I have to take time. Just, I, I want to sit and play my games. I only get maybe about, if I'm lucky enough, maybe an hour of video games in, and which is a vast decline of what I used to play years ago. Even when I was, uh, uh, my early stages of fatherhood, I would, uh, I, I would take care of Sally and I would just hold her in my arms and I would play 360. I'm, I'm still playing wrestling or, uh, getting down on some, some, some Madden or whatever was out at the time. These days, it's just so much stuff going on with work, taking care of her with the podcast and getting everybody else's shows together and coming up with creative stuff to put on. It's, it's so much, so much stuff. And the same could be said about the games. There's so many fucking games out there. It's, you know, it's insane, but. I, I, I am a bit perturbed about it as well because I've always felt that there shouldn't be a need for all the games that come out every year. I'm one of those big opponents of having a series continue and, and have a physical copy every year. I'm one of those that I believe that to have a physical copy of something should, should you know, you, you should be able to have a sequel for something not every year, like very have it annually. I've always thought that sports franchises should be able to just release expansion packs, and especially with a year that we've we've been having with such high grades and high ratings for for these this year's games. I I really think that companies should focus on maybe pulling back from physical copies and taking taking notes from pc games for instance like warcraft or the warcraft you know you don't get a physical copy of it all the time you get expansion packs it's 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 more of a development and growth of said game you know with, with the sports games all you really have to do is just roster updates you could be able to do uh, different modes and it, with how technology is nowadays, just a quick 10, 15 minute upload. You could make a game better without having to upload a, you know, without having to put a physical copy in the game every year. Now with, like I said, with high ratings and, and, and critically acclaimed reviews that have been occurring these past years for games such as Madden, Madden has seen a high rating and high scores for this year's game and then they've seen him i believe it has to be almost i guess i think it's almost like over 10 years almost 15 years you know, some 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 publications are giving it an 8.5 some publications give it a nine gold it's it, it's this is this is probably the year in which ea could pull back on not having to release a physical copy of the series every year I did I, I did some research on it and I, I was I was watching a, a series on YouTube in which um, they discussed how EA Electronic Arts came along and one of their big uh, franchises was Madden but what became the bigger franchise for them was FIFA which is also a critically acclaimed game almost every year when it's out and they're they're they've come to a point with you know, purchasing other uh, other designer companies, uh, uh, other uh, studios for video productions, they were able to to accumulate 
from a $200,000 company to a company worth billions. It was said that EA doesn't really need to produce physical games for Madden anymore for, 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 for actually quite some time. There's no need for it. It's just a thing where the, the the fan base is so used to it, and they know that they're gonna just. This is just extra money for them off, off the top, but especially for this year with you know the game mechanics changing, you know the voiceover and overlays being updated every other day. This is probably the progression in which EA could probably pull back on the Madden series. Same could be said for Two K NBA Two K NBA Two K Seventeen is getting high high praise for this year's installment and you know check out Josie's boy at uh on our YouTube page for on the bench his review on our YouTube page he even says it himself that this this year's game is far beyond you know a lot of expectations and i and i believe in certain uh certain publications uh, game radar and such they are also on board with this game being possibly considered if not one of the greatest basketball games of all time which could also be said with NBA and the 2K franchise that maybe they could start also pulling back on production of making physical copies. You don't have to do it every year. Now, there's some there's some uh, series that need to still develop and unfold. For instance, WWE 2K17 is coming out, although there's a lot of hype coming for it this year. Uh, of course, my review for it will be coming out as well. But it's also a thing where for the past couple of years, it seems to have been hit and miss, especially with the transitioning to the 2K uh, formula. I'm, I really think that this is all this is a this is a series that probably is going to need a couple of more years to develop. So maybe they could also pull back from physical copies. Also, series a series just as such as uh, NHL from EA has not yet fully been able to captivate the audiences in gameplay wise defenses are still a little bit laggy some high scoring games some game modes don't seem to be transitioning well with gamers and 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 it's weird because nhl is a very very broad audience to capture and it's also a franchise which people love to just pick up and play but I also feel that a lot of people who want to pick up a play also want to pick up just so they can learn about hockey. That's, you know, it, it's pretty much how I pay, learned how to play. And before I close out this week's rant, I just got to say that when I was a kid, when I first started playing video games, you know, of course, our, our, our first games were like Asteroids, Pac-Man. Yeah, I'm pretty much dating my age. I'm fucking old. But. What I really was drawn to was playing sports games. I was, I you know, I played RBI baseball, uh, Tecmo Bowl, Double Dribble. The, the, these were like the Punch Out, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. The all the, the, these were the games that I kept coming back to when I wanted to play with my systems, my video game systems. And many times, I purchased the system just because I wanted to played a sports game of that type uh, for, for that console because I figured that the games that were better on those consoles would be the ones that I, I would gravitate to. NBA Jams, uh, World Series Baseball, NHL, the early series, uh, the, the early Madden series. I, I, I always, always 
was stuck on playing all the, you know the, these sports games and it helped me progress and learn more about the game and i think this is what sports games have done for us throughout the years i'm just seeing that there's a possibility to where that we may not have to see the same game you know force fed to us every year and and i don't know it just it seems as though that we're probably getting we're probably getting, you know, shafted and maybe we might want to smarten up and start pulling away from actually feeding into these video game companies and their massive need for financial gain. Regular season sports cast with your boy BXL. HOG. Stay tuned. Man, we talking sports and shit. So this week's talking sports and shit. Once again, you guys, I'm not a statistician. Not one of these guys are going to sit there and break down everything to you. Numbers by numbers, crunch, crunch, crunch all these big times, stats, and throw it away. This is an opinionated show. So all this shit that comes out of my mouth is just basically me giving you news and just basically giving you my opinion of what's going on. So for this week's Talking Sports and Shit, and for those of you who are new to regular season sportscast, TRSS for those in the new, this is just something that I see news stories in sports. And I got to give opinions on it because what else am I going to fucking do? So speaking of that, more, more, more issues about this national anthem nonsense. Ah, uh, got to tell you, we're having more people being murdered in the streets by police authorities, by officials who are supposed to serve and protect, but yet we're still focused on whether or not people are standing while a song is being played and the reason why is because they find it to be a disrespect but yet when our country is built on the respecting of others supposedly there's other people in this world that don't want to honor their right of choice and right of belief and standing up for what they feel is deemed right. So, with those who are out there doing their their part and trying to bring awareness to our social consciousness of our society these days, more power to you. And for those who aren't getting the point of what it means to be a true American and honoring what our our freedoms are I say that to those people who are dying because of them being a certain skin color or come from a certain background with that being said Colin Kaepernick has made a uh, statement saying that you know with the 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 actions that's been occurring in Tulsa and North Carolinas and stuff like in, in other parts of the of our country Kaepernick has made a statement in saying that he has been getting death threats and writings of, of violence against him for his stand. With that being said, there has been now been a growing attention and not only in football, but in other areas of sports in which now players and athletes alike are starting to take a stand with him. And I don't even think it's with him because it's not about his, his, his point of view. There's people who felt like this for the longest time. But it was 
he's the one that's getting the national attention for it. Funny, I've been I've been noticing a few articles about you know individuals that's being noticed or being noticed or not taking a stand during the national anthem, but they have some instances where you see people holding the flag and on their cell phone, cameramen sitting down, people in the audience texting while the national anthem is on. Hmm. Yeah. I guess the I guess that doesn't make a you know that that that, that they get a pass for that right it's okay to do that. Also, Mar Marshawn Lynch has made a statement in which I'm paraphrasing right now, where he makes he he basically states that he he understands that he's fine with what Colin Kaepernick is doing. It's rather that he does that than he being shot. It's 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 what are we really arguing about here, people? Seriously, what's the fucking debate? Like honestly, what are we debating here? Can we not just sit there and just uh, you know start coming to grips that there's some shit that needs to be fixed here, and I think we really start need to focus on that than just standing during a two hundred and seven year old song is being played. Who gives a fuck? Danger's my middle name. We got a holdout in the NBA. J.R. Smith is holding out with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Seems after all the celebrating in the Henny promotions. I'm hoping that he got a Henny promotion because if with all that Hennessy that was being spilled after they won that championship, he should be like the big sponsor for that. Fuck those Biggie and Tupac posters. He needs to be on it. Just out, out there showing his celebratory self. So J.L. Smith is holding out. Seems as though he's deeming to look for a longer-term contract with the Cavs, but I don't think Cleveland is prepared to give him that. Rumor has it that there are certain teams that are in some interest for him as well, but we are we are hoping that he does not come back to New York because there will be way too much partying for him over here and way too much Henny for him to be spilling. All right, so since I was talking about the NBA 2K17 series, I, I got to tell you, I played it myself, and I don't usually. I mean, I play I play basketball games. I, I love NBA 2K. I love. I, I've always been a fan of the series. Uh, I used to play NBA Live, but I transitioned over to the 2K series later on. And I have to say, just speaking for myself. And I'm not going to say that I'm a pro. I'm not one of those guys who sit there and go, push your ass, son. You get this work, son. Grab them sticks, son. We're going to get it on. Like, I'm not that dude. The dude come up to me, yo, I'm going to bust your ass in, in Madden. And I'd be like, you probably will. Same could be said for 2K. I'm like, yo, son, I'll give you this work. You just might. And I might have to go get you a beer afterwards, too. I have to say, for this year's game, with everything that they have to offer, I'm going to say that it's 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 close to close to I'm not gonna say it is, but close to being possibly the most perfect basketball game put together of all time. Now I'm gonna give you my 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 downgrades before I give you my my upgrades for the game. First of all, the voiceover work is there, but there's too much lag. I noticed it when Josie's boy was playing, but when I started playing as well, the 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 lag 
was consistent. All they really need to do is send a patch for that, and it it, it could possibly fix that lag. When I talk about the uh, the the when the announcers are talking pregame, you can see that uh, the voiceover is not matching up with the lip movement, and sometimes the talking will finish first before the video screen finishes their stop motion movements. Also, I had an issue where when you're at practice and you go into the workout area when you can do the hand-eye coordination and you're lifting weights and you're doing the agility skills, I couldn't get on the bench. Every time that I would go work out on the bench, it would freeze. So that's a problem there. Also, I think the loading times take way, way too long. It's, it takes way too long for for you to transition into the next game. I, I even for Madden, who I who I thought Madden would take long for theirs, their transitioning and loading screens it doesn't take that long either. Other than that, I have to say when it comes to getting full control, it's almost there. You're almost spot on to getting full player control. I think also I I'm, I'm still not happy with your on a railway when you're in your my career i'm hoping that it's not for too long but it seems like a railway that because i figured that you'd be able to have your own nickname but they always start you off with some kind of nickname other than that it's 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 so far the, the 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 essence of what perfection is when it comes to playing a sports game the gm mode is so detailed to being able to vote for different rules for the league and uh, when when you're doing expansions, you can upload. Certain, yeah, fucking guys were making Harambe. I mean, honestly, that that's insane. Met fan Matt made the certified G's. That was his basketball team. I, it, it was. It, it's so. I, I did a creative play. Check it out at regular season sports. You can see the picture of myself. I screen. Um, I, I, I face scanned. It uh, it took a few tries, and you know, everything's not perfect. But it took a few tries. My first, I'm sorry to say this, but my first face scan looked like I had a cleft lip, like I like, like, like a cleft palate. It was just so weird looking. But after I, I I gained a sense of how to tilt my head, I finally got it to where it's supposed to look. And I'm hoping WWE 2K17 is able to do the same as well with theirs. But like I said, the, the scanning was one of those things that people were doing Harambe, people were doing um, uh, coaches, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. Like It was crazy. I, I saw so many creative players that I, I, I'm, I'm floored at how the advance of technology works on this. And like I said, all the modes are just exceeding beyond what i thought it would be your your your, your schedule is a little bit more trimmed down you're able to to play and as well participate in practices your uh, uh your certain uh sponsorships are, are are being available to you it's it's just it's just such an open world to be a part of you have a you know you have to check in your social media you have to check your messages guys i'm telling you this is full on interactive. If you haven't gotten yet, if gotten all up on you yet, you're 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 missing the bus. Get up on it now. This is what this is a game that you shouldn't be missing. So NBA 2K17, 
like I said, with its few hiccups, I'm going to say out of five LeBron James hairlines, I'll give it four, 4.5 out of five. Like it's that close to perfection, honestly. Come here, I'm gonna eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Get in my belly! Alright guys, when we come back, I'm gonna go into NFL previews, reviews. We're gonna have a game time with Sully. Make sure you guys check us out. Make sure you check out, like I said, once again, all social media outlets. Facebook, regular season sportscast, Instagram, the regular season sports. Be sure you check out just, just all of us. In general, call me when it's over. Call uh, Views from the 536 with Matt Fan Matt. That's going to be coming to a closeout soon. Sorry for you guys who are enjoying the baseball series. But just as all seasons go in sports, seasons got to close. And Views from the 536, we got a few more few more episodes coming down with that. So be sure you check them out. Also, make sure you check out everything on RageWorks.net, My Take Radio, Black is the New Black. Got more stuff, content coming out from there as well. So, When we come back, we're going to be talking NFL. So check us out. Have you ever wanted to get into the field of communications? Do you feel that you have the testicular fortitude to be behind a mic? Do you believe that you have the grapefruits, the cassava melons, the cojones to work for the WWE? Well, my friends... We have an annex school for you. Sign up for WWE Announcer School of Broadcasting. That's right. You can apply for positions in the announcing field. And you can be a part of communications and announcing teams. Just as in NXT, we like to bring up our own type of announcers. And you can be a part of the learning experience with our own professors. JBL and Michael Cole. So if you want to ramble on incoherently and you want to make comments about non-factual historical events and miss calls of moves and finishers, well, this is the annex for you. Take a listen of one of our graduates from WWE announcers School of Broadcasting. Johnny Wave is one of our prestigious students who graduated and became the lead announcer at God Awful Wrestling. Take a listen to one of his commentaries. So this wrestler reminds me of The Rock who debuted in WWF in 1999 under the alter ego Fabulous Pebble Rose. When The Rock debuted, he came in as a firestorm. Everyone loved him, the fans were behind him, and his big finisher, the Pebble Splash, went over big with everyone in wrestling. That's why our friends here at WWE Announcers School of Broadcasting. This is a place where you can hone your craft and become one of the top elite professionals in our business. Take a listen of one of our other highly astute graduates from our school. Mickey Flames as he does commentary and announcement for top tier promotions. Oh my god! He just finished him off with a Michigan driver! Uh, Mickey, that was a wrist lock. Yeah, that's what I said! Wow, what a wrist lock! Our expansion program also has courses designated in the field of football announcing and commentary. You two can bumble up historical moments and 
well-known football plays. For example, here's a tidbit for you guys. Using the Chicago defense, the Jacksonville Jaguars was able to win an astounding six Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, it's true. Look it up. Yeah. They was able to win with a historical play by Joe Namath hitting, take this, in stride, Jerry Rice with the Statue of Liberty Mammoth shotgun play. John Gruden himself couldn't even call that. It, 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 it's true. Look it up on Wikipedia. It's true. We here at WWE Announcers School of Broadcasting take pride in all of our students and graduates. And if you don't believe that, you're fired. You can follow it online for WWE Announcers School of Broadcasting at wweenouncers.edu. Tuition could be paid off by student loan, financial aid, or an endorsement by the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. This paid advertisement is brought to you by the regular season sportscast. This is the king of New York, Steve Negro, with the king of talk style. He's not the true king of New York. He could be number five on the list. I'm not going to get my ramp. I'm like three. I'm like three combinations. Yeah, yeah. certain teams I um I gotta say that we two pretty much started shifting and shaping a lot of teams but it also brought us some disappointing key injuries that could hurt a lot of teams during the upcoming season a lot of players looking to either be out for an extended period of time or possibly out for the whole season so let me just give you a quick rundown of week Two in the NFL. Uh, opening on Thursday night, we had the Jets versus the Bills with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who ended up being Week Two's MVP of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week. Well deserved. The man put up numbers. The Jets looked as though that they were going to be a little bit tough early on in their game, like the Bills were were going to find some ways to to pull out some key plays, but. The Jets defense always stuck, was able to make some key stops, and then just firing on all this, all cinderlers, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Brandon Marshall, who basically almost looked like he was going to be out for the game with a with a knee injury, but he was able to, to come back into the game, score, put up some big numbers, as well as Eric Decker, and the big pickup, Matt Forte, which is amazing for them. The guy seems to find a hole, hit the gaps, and is able to put on the pressure when necessary to, to keep defenses on hold. It's going to be a problem for any defense that has to go up against Matt Forte's upfield running skills. For instance, key injuries coming down the line, for instance, Adrian Peterson looks like he's going to be out for the season. So he tore his uh, meniscus. 
they're looking at three to four months of rehab uh, of surgery including rehab but if they're talking possible before maybe around playoff season will start but by then who knows what position and condition the vikings will be in so far uh Gronkowski for the Patriots has yet to be cleared. He'll be missing another week due to a hamstring. Uh, Jay Cutler looks like he's going to be questionable for his upcoming game with the Bears. A lot of key injuries coming down the pike as well with Amir Abdullah for the Detroit Lions. He's on injury reserve. He's expected to possibly miss most of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo for the New England Patriots quarterback. Uh, had a shoulder injury. They're trying to work out the new rookie QB. It's going to be a tough week for them starting off this Thursday. But as we all know, Belichick could always find a way to pull games out. Doug Martin for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looks like he's also going to be out. It looks like it's going to be a tough road for him as well. He's also an injury plague player. Cincinnati Bengals tight end Tyler Eckford will be out. So far, they're talking about that he's going to be running route drills at practice. But as for now, he will not be listed as playable for this upcoming week. As for the past week, let me continue to run down there. I'm not going to go through every game. As you guys know, I just pretty much I fly through everything. The Saints, the Saints and the Giants game, which was, I say, a defensive matchup, I guess. Saints weren't able to succumb to the Giants massive offensive okay sense the sarcasm here Giants did not score not one offensive point everything was done on special teams and with field goals but with that Giants were able to pull out the win uh Cowboys looked actually pretty well against the Redskins did they look well or Kirk Cousins didn't look well on the for the Redskins because uh uh Dax Prescott actually threw a pretty decent game. What happened to our wide receiving core? It looks like Antonio uh, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Des Bryant, even Odell Beckham. I, there were certain plays that basically were in their hands and they're not able to complete them. I, I'm starting to believe that some of these guys are not playing to their highest of caliber yet. I guess they start getting warmed up during a regular season. And, Bo, by the way, I like that kid from the Giants, the rookie wide receiver, Shepard. He's actually a really good uh, wide receiver. If you guys are playing fantasy, if you don't have him yet, might be a good pick him to have on your bench. Uh, Steelers and Bengals. Steelers were able to come out with that win. Big Ben had a tremendous game out there. The Patriots and Dolphins. Guapolo, like I said earlier, went out. But... You never know when it comes to the Patriots, they're able to still pull out wins because you have a great coaching staff and a defense is holding them true and honest. Big upset. Not many people thought that was going to occur, but the Vikings were able to outlast the Packers on that Sunday night game, which was a nail biter for itself. I believe it went down to a last Hail Mary pass by Aaron Rodgers and the Eagles and Bears. Got to tell you, Carson Wentz is looking very sharp for his rookie season. He So far, he's gone 2-0 with no turnovers for the year. So he's looking very, very sharp. Got to tell you, week two was one of, those, one of those weeks in which it's still early on, but the key injuries are going to be the ones that will decide and make a break 
an upcoming season. Like I said, Vikings, it's kind of looking tough over here for you guys. You lost Teddy, and you now lost Adrian. So oof, talk about having a tough one. She loves daddy. He thinks she's funny. It's game time with Jay and Sammy. So that was for you, this being your birthday week. Yay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that was terrible. I I wanted to... I wanted you, look, look, look. That sounds like when you come into like... When you come... When you look under your bed... Right. And then you hear something and it's your birthday and they say, Happy birthday <laughs> to you. That's like, that sounds like something from like Five Nights at Freddy's or something like that. Oi. That's weird. So you 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 celebrated your birthday this week. Yay. This is your birthday week. Can you get home, please? Like, hello. Let's okay. Be, let's be a little bit more professional here. Okay. It's not like you just started doing this, super producer Sally. Look, I'm trying to. I'm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You have to learn how to multitask. Yeah. Yeah, to multitask. So this past week was your birthday. Uh huh. We got big things coming up this past this upcoming weekend. What are we doing? Uh. Uh. Um. We're gonna roller skate. We're gonna go roller skate. That's right. We're gonna have some people. We're come gonna over. make some delicious cupcakes. Some cupcakes. Uh, your your tata, your auntie, mm-hmm. is making you some cupcakes. Mm-hmm. What else are we doing? Uh, there's gonna be a lot of people. There's gonna be a lot of people. And, and a lot of presents. A present. You think there's gonna be presents? Yeah. People don't like you like that. Did you get presents already? Yeah, you got a lot of shout outs on on social media. Yeah. People, people, people showing you love, mm-hmm. showing super producer Sally love. Mm-hmm. The big nine. Do you feel older? Yes. Are you ready for adulthood? No. <laughs> Are you ready to to drive cars and stuff? No, like that? no. I'll ride a bike. You ready to ride a bike? Yeah. Do you want a bike? Yes. What happens if you get what do you do you want the typical kind of bike like a pink bike? With like, nope. What kind of bike would you like? I like a black and shiny. Black shiny racing bike. Yep. That's, that's my girl. That that is my girl. I'm telling you. Also, we're going to House of Glory this weekend. Yeah. So resting. So you guys check out House and of Glory. And also near Comic Con. Oh, Comic Con's coming soon. I'm so. Scared. That's that's part. See, those are my presents to you. The House of Glory. Everything. Uh. Life is my present to you. I gave that. My, I gave you life. That's my present. Did you give me a banana? No. <gasps> no. I don't think we have any. Any case, so with your last week's picks, uh-huh. you seem to have gotten your birthday early uh-huh. because you 
led the pack this week against Maddie and myself. You picked 11 games out of 16. I deserve to win. You deserve to win? Yes. That was actually the lead for last week. You did a phenomenal job. Thank you. I got to tell you that. You went in the big games that you... Jesus! The big games that you chose that <laughs> Maddie and I didn't pick was you took the Titans over the Lions and you also took the Texans over the Chiefs. Wow. Uh, I went 8-8. Eight and eight. I drew... I went even last week. And Maddie was right behind you. He went ten and six. So, with that, I gotta tell you that uh, the season the the standing so far after two weeks okay. has Maddie Matt Fan Matt in first place with twenty games on twelve mm-hmm. losses, uh, and you and I are tied with nineteen picks out of all. So we're nineteen and thirteen. So we're only separated by one game. Wow. Yes. You, you, this do- is like, um, I never saw this, but this is, this is like a series. Like a real, like a really deep series. Yeah. I know. Like Lord of the Rings. It just, yeah, I just, so I just, and I just recently explained to you what a series is. So <laughs> that, that helps. So yeah, man, I, I can't believe I have a nine year old. Jeez. I feel sad. Why do you feel sad? I'm like growing up. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to grow up. But I know what I want to do this week. Be a banana. Besides that, I know what I want to do this week. What? I want to do this. This week's picks brought to you by Fashion. (laughs) So... (laughs) All right, so we're going to give our rundown this week. All right, so starting off the Thursday night game, we have the Patriots versus the Texans, and you took the Patriots. I took the Patriots as well, but the only person in our group who didn't take the Patriots was Mad Fan Matt, Mr. Dabmaster himself. It's going to be a tough game because it looks like Guapolo may or may not play. They're still trying to work him out, but they have the rookie quarterback that's ready to cut step in. And they have uh, two more games without Tom Brady. So let's see how that goes out for them. Wow. By the way, Tom Brady was at the recent uh, Michigan game, and and I've been giving him shit because I hardly ever see him at the games, but he was at a big game this past week. So shout out to you, Tom Brady. Sunny Sunday, we have the Jaguars versus the Ravens, and you took the Jaguars. I took the Jaguars as well, <laughs> and once again, Maddie going against the grain. He took the Ravens. He's trying to really go and take the lead on this one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We have the other one o'clock. We have the Giants and the Ravens, and you took. I chose. The... Who's the one that you blackened out there? Uh, uh, the Giants and the Redskins. Okay, okay, the Giants. You took the Giants and so did I and so did Mr. Met Fan Matt himself. The other one o'clock, we had the Lions versus Packers. You took? I chose the Lions. I took the Packers and Maddie took the Packers as well. The Packers are trying to bounce back from a sad Sunday night loss against the Vikings. We have the Dolphins versus the Browns. You took the 
The Broncos. No, the Dolphins oh, versus the, oh my the God. Browns. Uh, the Dolphins. You took the Dolphins. I took the Dolphins as well, and so has Maddie. But the Browns have been playing somewhat on a different level with Josh McNown as quarterback. And soon they will be getting back Josh Gordon. But he's starting to have a little bit of uh, legal issues as well. Got to check up on the fraternity suits, man, buddy. We have the Vikings versus the Panthers. You took. I chose the Panthers. And so did I. And Met Fan Bat chose them as well. The Vikings are going to be limping in. Very, very hurt at quarterback and running back positions. We have the Broncos versus the Bengals for twelve for the excuse me, the one o'clock and you took I chose the Click clock click clock clock <laughs> The Broncos. And I did as well, and so did Med Fan Matt. I'm riding high on that defensive wave. But oh. And we're back making picks for you. Making picks for Okay, so <laughs> so we also have the Cardinals versus the Bills, and you took the Cardinals. I took the Cardinals as well, and so did Maddie. Uh, the Bills trying to bounce back from that loss against the Jets. I don't think it's going to happen for them. We have the Raiders versus the Titans. You took. I chose the. I chose the Raiders as well, such as Maddie. Tough loss the Raiders had last week against the Falcons. Hopefully, this is their bounce back week. But the Titans are riding high after a win last week as well. So let's see how that goes. We got the Buccaneers versus the the Rams, and you chose. I chose the Rams. You took the you chose the Rams. I went the opposite way. I took the Buccaneers. I'm not sure really why I did but I'm going to say that it's all luck it's going to be all luck and the Buccaneers as well Maddie has chosen we have the 49ers versus the Seahawks and you chose I chose the Seahawks I took the Sea Eagles as well oh my god (laughs) and so did Maddie we got the Next 425 game, we got the Steelers versus the Eagles. You took. I chose the Eagles. You chose the Eagles. No, I, I chose the Seagulls. Oh, you chose the Seagulls. <laughs> you chose the Eagles and so did Matt Fan Matt. And I went the other route and I took the Steelers. I got Ben Raffelsberger as my quarterback. So, my fantasy football league. So, he better start slinging them well. Antonio Brown, catch the ball, please. You have the other 425. You have the Jets versus the Chiefs, and you took. I choose the Jets. I chose the Jets as well. Their defense is riding strong. I like Matt Forte. And, of course, Matt Fan Matt being the Jets fans himself, he took the Jets as well over the Chiefs. We have the Colts playing the Chargers. You took. I chose the Chargers. I chose the Chargers as well. And Matt went the other route and decided to go with the Colts at home. We have the Bears versus the Cowboys for the Sunday night game. You chose? I chose the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys as well, and so did Matt. The Bears are going to possibly look to be playing without Jay Cutler this week at quarterback, but he looks to be day-to-day. And finally, the Monday night game, 
You have the Falcons versus the Saints. You took the Falcons. So did Met Fan Matt after the Falcons took a win over the Raiders. But I'm going the other route, and I am taking the Saints. And that was our pickups for this week. Yeah. Sally made her picks, and we all went made our picks. So I want you to pick. NFL picks. Um, all right, that's that's enough of that. All right, so, all right, so we're gonna continue doing your homework. Yeah. Yeah. You have anything to say to the people out there? Come on. Heller. Oh, uh, there you go. That that was some. No, 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 no. One more. One more. Beyonce. Beyonce. We all have to do it for Beyonce. And banana. Oh. What's with the banana thing? What is that? Is that a new wave or something? Let me, let's go hear the happy birthday song. You want to play? Oh, you want to hear the happy birthday song? Yeah. You want to play out with the happy birthday song? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's hear the weird happy birthday song. <laughs> I'm going to see this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. That's enough of that. All right. So, my baby, I love you. But you say that on the mic so people actually care. Love it too. Oh, you're so sincere. I love you, my dear. I'm glad. I, I'm glad you're the only thing I have because I can't. I can't afford another child. Why? We live in New York City. The rent's too high. Love you, my dear. Wait, you just huh? What? I said I love you, my dear. Love you too. And that was NFL Pickums. She loves daddy. He thinks she's funny. It's game time with Jay and Sally. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye. All right, everybody. That was my little girl, my angel, my little nine-year-old. I want you guys to be sure you check us out at trsspodcast.com. Make sure you check us out and download us at trsspodcast.com. Got more stuff coming down the line. Got a big interview with HOG senior official Zachary Snow coming up. House of Glory has a big show coming up September 24th at the Queens Elks Lodge, the official tissue Queens Elks Lodge. Be sure you check it out. Go to their website at hogwrestling.net for ticket for the information. I know their first rolls and I believe their second rolls were already sold out. So if you're in the New York City area, be sure you check out HOG at hogwrestling.net. Coming up, we got Zachary Snow, HOG senior official, Turnbuckle Tabloid. More to come. See you in a minute. This is Zachary Snow representing HRG, and you're listening to TRSS. Find it, I find it that uh, oh, I, I've seen you a lot in uh, HOG shows, but I also see that you've been popping up on a lot of other people's uh, uh, promotions. How do you get connected with that? Um, you know, obviously, of course, the other Alex students, um, and then you know, uh, Red's connections and Brian's connections. Uh, they just you know it extends out to the wrestling world. Um, the this next show um, 
right after uh, the House of Glory show uh, next Saturday on the 24th. Right. All or Nothing at the Elks Lodge. Shout out, oh, of course. Shout out. Um, uh, I'm actually headed to Thailand um, through a couple of Reds connections. Uh, you know, that's, you know, it just, it extends throughout the rest of the world when you're, when you're associated with, you know, someone that's, you know, that's been around the world. So Thailand. House of Glory has that. Thailand's that a big move, yeah. man. Thailand is huge. Yeah, it's, it's um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's a company, Gato Move Pro Wrestling, and it's going to be, they've been doing shows actually, uh, from what I understand, on, uh, on like mats, just like on the, on a, on a level surface. Um, so now this is actually the first ever show, um, in, I think it's in conjunction with DDT and then a promotion from Singapore, which I apologize, but I forget the name. Oh, that's all right. Um, but, uh, DDT from Japan, and I think they're all kind of uh, uh, doing a little show. And it's the first ever show with the pro wrestling ring in Thailand. So that's really exciting for me because I actually I lived there for two years. So to be able to go back, really for pro re- for pro wrestling, really you know it's kind of something special. How old are you? You seem like a young cat, like a young man. How old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I'm uh, 26. Wow! And for you to you, you lived in Thailand, how 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 would you get to Thailand for you to live there for two years? Oh, um. Through um, my university, I went to uh, Loyola University, Maryland, and okay. uh, they had a study. They had a study abroad program, right? But then through connections with the university and people we met uh, while we were there the first time, me and a bunch of my friends actually traveled back uh, and taught there for a year. And I taught um, like eleventh grade biology, actually. Are you fluent in Thai? No, I'm my put that Thai ninoy ninoy na yeah, that sound like the so, that sound like the, the <laughs> it sounded like the same dialect that those woman I was dating. She she was from New York. She was Thai. She went to Syracuse. She had a nice big ass. And when yeah. it, I, I, I don't I don't want to get into it. That's a long story. But in any case, but yeah, I dig- is, but you dig- but you I, digress. I digress. But <laughs> but you know that, but no, that's, that's actually pretty dope. You know, you don't get a lot of people who's been out there. That's actually pretty dope. Well, yeah, I mean that was one of you know that really you know that led me. To pro wrestling, honestly, I mean, I, honestly, I was uh, I was training mixed martial arts there. Uh-huh. Um, and you're not a big guy, like for you to to, to, to because nah, you know. yeah, I mean, I'm one. I mean, I'm probably right now sitting at like 175. Uh, I'm not the biggest guy, but I'm not the smallest guy. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you, for a guy to be doing mixed martial arts or to train in, and in, Muay Thai, in, in, in pro wrestling Muay Thai is not a it's not a big man's game right Muay Thai is you know gotta get that quickness that snap right and uh, I've been training I mean I wrestled in high school and I had the opportunity to wrestle in college but I ended up passing that up um I couldn't make that commitment to be honest I was at 18 years old uh the 5 a.m wake-ups uh compared to the college life was was a tough call to make and you know I, maybe I regret that but I try to not have regrets you know what I'm saying but yeah. So, were you looked like were, were you looked at as the weird kid in school? Because you know, what, what what like what high school did you go to during you know during your high school years? Where where did you go? Oh, I went to uh, Fairfield Fairfield College Preparatory School. Okay, in, uh, so Fairfield, Connecticut. So I'm from yeah, I'm from I'm actually this is a shoot. I'm from Greenwich, Connecticut. Right. That's that's for real. So yeah. like you're you're, um, you're 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 out there, and I can only imagine that you know studying Muay Thai. And being a wrestling fan is not common yeah, up there. You know, I was, everything is about you know football or uh, amateur yeah, wrestling so, and stuff like that. 
Well, so I did a little bit of that. I am. I was on the wrestling team. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't particularly good, but I was, you know, I was varsity my sophomore and junior year. Um, I was unfortunately injured uh, playing football. Right. Um, you played football? Uh, tore, yeah, a little, for three years. I, I started really late. Um, okay. And that maybe probably led to my injury. You know, right. if one of the things I could change if I could go back in time probably would say, you know, just don't forget about football. It doesn't, it's not going to help you. Right. But, you know, I mean, obviously it helped me overcome, you know, I had to overcome adversity. Tore my ACL when I was 18. It sucked. Um, so, you know, I had to come back from that, like, right into college. So that was kind of weird. Um, but so I wasn't able to wrestle in high school. But I still got a look from Case Western. Um, and they, were gonna, they weren't going to give me any money, but they were going to let me play on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up uh, going to Loyola. In high school, I was one of those kids that kind of floated around. I was friends with everyone, but not really like, you know, I'm not like close with anyone now. Like maybe a couple kids, but those are kids that I've known since I was younger, and we just happened to go to high school together. Um, you know, I mean, because uh, I, I was on the wrestling team, on the football team, so I was friends with them. Um, I had a lot of classes with kids in the soccer team, and that was really big at my school. Um, we all really had a great camaraderie with the hockey team. Uh, I was not on the hockey team, but... While I was at prep, uh, they had, like, I think three state championship victories, which wow. is, like, a ridiculous. Or maybe four. It might have been a sweep. I don't remember. Wow. But it was, it was, yeah, we were absolutely filthy uh, at, at hockey while, we were, while I was in high school. So that was really cool. And everyone, like, really rallied around that. You know what I mean? Like, that right. was uh, something that. And in case, all, in know, case you guys who just caught this interview the, the right now, squad. I got to tell you, we in there, we're, 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 we're talking with Zachary Snow. He's, he's. Uh, one of the officials at House of Glory, but I've always seen him do a multitude, multitude, multitude of things. Senior, excuse me. Let me underline senior official. Senior. Senior official. Is that official, though? Because I I, I could check the books and make sure you are the senior official. Oh, You know, I don't want to make sure. Check the tape. You know, I I don't want you to to hold up a title just to have a title. No, I'm just saying. (laughs) You know. No, but it's what in it any says case, on the check. I'm, it's, I'm what inter- it says, it's what it says on the check. <laughs> but I am interested no, because you have a big, you, you, like I said, from what you're, you're coming from now, you went to a Loyola, which is a huge school. How did you make the transition to go from there? Like you said, you didn't have the acad- uh, you didn't have the sports uh, the sports uh, scholarships for it. So how did you make the transition there? That was Thailand, you know, because I I really while I was there teaching after I graduated, right? I really dedicated myself to mixed martial arts, or, you know, outside of teaching, of course. But so I was training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with um, uh, BKK BJJ, uh, who is now chain, uh, training. I think at uh, at the Raw team at uh, in Bangkok. Yeah. Um, but and then I was training Muay Thai actually at like a public Muay Thai training facility, which is dope, by the way. Is this something um, that did you do you like feel everyone. that you yeah, went so many people do it? Yeah. Did, do you feel that you fell like face forward into luck with that because? There's not a lot of people who can say that they've been a part of something like that. That's something that is not something that you can oh, just like apply like oh, a YMCA. No, well, uh, I mean, that's the thing. So many people over there do it. So that we found, it was in our neighborhood where we live uh, while we were abroad. It's called Vajamangala Stadium. And it just has like all these sports. And like the stadium's not open, but there's like soccer fields outside, basketball courts. People play on the street. There's this awesome game called Takra, mm-hmm. which is like, Soccer, volleyball—it's unbelievable. I'm not very good. Um, and then, so there was also like an indoor training facility with Muay Thai and 
regular boxing and like they had yoga classes for like you know there was, there was a pool and uh, it was great tai chi and all that stuff so we would go like one or two nights a week and 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 train muay thai and, and also we would play basketball all the time in like muay thai is a very weather, great, intricate great conditioning yeah, basketball it's, yeah awesome. it's a, muay thai is a very intricate and detailed style of fighting like that's something that absolutely it always seems like in a westerner like it's always a Western style that no like anybody from the West was not going to be able to like they they deem that is not able to comprehend. Were you able yeah, to, it, it, to 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 come up with it easily? Yeah, I think I was able to. I was super open minded. You liked a, you watched in, a lot of John John Claude Van Damme movies, didn't you? Uh, a lot of you know, a lot of Ong Bak. Uh, <laughs> a lot of Ong Bak. Ong Bak, but you know, uh, I think something. I trained in martial arts, like, even before I started wrestling. So I started wrestling in high school when I was 12. Right. But I had been training in, like, Taekwondo when I was, from, like, when I was seven. Right. So to have, like, that, there, I had made that transition when I was really young. And so it kind of, like, flipped that switch, like, to, you know, where Bruce Lee says, like, there is no style. Like, you are your style. You know what I mean? Water so, like, is the style. You must be it, like yeah, water. Yeah, right? You must be like water. Uh no, you put water into a teacup. Or a, it fits a pot into or the teacup. It fits into the bowl. It, water crash. fits in the water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you like water, friend. It's cool but because, exactly. so, I, but you say no that. Style. So that kind of that made that made the transition from, and then I started training like mixed martial, kind of traditional mixed martial arts mm. in like late in high school after I healed up from my ACL injury. I started training with this these uh, three tempo black belts. Shout out to Caveman and Sensei Corey. Uh, and the koala, um, but I started training with them when I was like eighteen, right before I left for college right. for like three, four months. Did a camp, basically. It was awesome, um, and I learned a lot there. And that actually, there's surprising, you know, similarities between American kempo and and more tied sort of in like their clinch work and the use of knees and uh, a little bit of the takedown stuff, like inside trips and stuff right. like that, which I actually still knew from wrestling, but more so from from that training. Um, so it was some, you know. But the kicks, the kicks and the knees, the elbow strikes, um, they're unmatched anywhere in the world. Yeah, because it's, it's crazy. It's the funny util- because the you utilization say that. and the conditioning of the body, like, right. And now we're t- I'm doing the same stuff with red. Like red kills us, but it's on purpose. You know what I mean? Like it's the Japanese style training. Like, you know, we're doing whatever, 500 squats, thousand squats, whatever it is. We're doing push-ups till we die. Like, that's the training. It's oh, hard. believe me, I I watched I watched the Snapchat videos. That red puts up because I follow Flair, him. That's what Ric Flair was about. The yeah. best ever. My pers- my if we're gonna get to it, my personal favorite wrestler of all time, Ric Flair. Really? Um, oh, absolutely. Oh my God, he's un- he's the unrivaled. He's you 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 brother. be you be fast friends with with uh, call me when it's over host. Uh, my boy Josie's boy. He his father is basically Ric Flair. That's 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 his father. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Woo! exactly. That's his, that's his dad. Yeah, one there was a year that um that Ric Flair came to New York and boom, that's what happens. (laughs) But what you what 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 is it with Ric Flair that gets you to be like uh, that ties you to 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 the work? One his ability to I mean it's his ability to talk, but his understanding of himself, his character, everything about him. But he also lived that. That was the best. You know, he was real. He was Ric Flair. Yeah, Flair was Flair. Exactly. his, His ability to make everyone he was in the ring with look like a million dollars. And that's like a work perspective. He 
had the ability, and this is sort of like the English, it was like he was a, an American version of like the English style, uh, where like the English catch wrestling style, right. um, like Terry Taylor, Fit Finley, um, like the older guys, William Regal is an excellent example. He the can grapplers, go in there and he can know, make, yeah. he, but they can make from like a performance standpoint, they can make bad wrestlers or like wrestlers who aren't as good as them right. look like they're better than them. Right. And that's that's very difficult. I think that, and I and think Rick that's Flair, that's one thing that I Rick always Flair said about was one of, is was the best. And and also, you know, I actually just watched today, um, and this is the extreme example, but um, Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan, right? Where Shawn Michaels completely oh, oh he oversold everything. He like, oversold the entire match because but he was he was that, he was upset about that. Yeah, but it was great the way well, yeah. he did it. It's great. But it, but there was a story about when, that that was when awesome. You, when you utilize that, when you utilize that principle in a lesser degree, you can make people look. Inc- you can make someone look amazing. You know what I mean? Like you can build this amazing character, this amazing performance. Just by giving, you know, just a little bit. And I, I always say, I always say that about he was the best. He Rick Flair was the best. Yeah, and I always say because it, he could take it back because he always says he always said he's never won with the figure floor, uh, the figure four. He is, uh, he's never won with it. He just no, made it no, look so good. He always cheats. Right. Always, they always get out. Right. He still uses it though. He and still, he, he, they always get out. And he still gives. He still tries. Everybody knows him for the figure four, but he never has. He he always says he's never won with it. Which is a great thing. But you you you've seen your road, fair share of wrestlers. You've seen your fair share of wrestlers. I have been extremely fortunate. Um, Red and Brian and God have blessed me uh, with uh, the opportunity to work with the best in the world. It's uh, it's unrivaled. Did, before before HOG, were you officiating elsewhere? No, HOG is my first gig. Okay. I was brought in, so I wasn't even brought in to be an HOG ref. Um, I was brought in with the New York State Athletic Commission for an unsanctioned match between okay. Brian and Gangon. Before you do that, uh, um, how do you like you? you we, we spoke before. We were at uh, an event, and and I want to thank you because you were you you were part of my 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 goofy interviews that I do for my show, and you 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 were a good sport about it. It was dope that you you. I actually dope, wanted man, to, I actually wanted to midget questions, and you were very you were very partaking in it. But I, I so wanted you you mentioned you, next time you see a midget if you have a if you have an inflatable hammer if you bop them on the head only <laughs> just, to be, just to be clear it's only inflatable hammers. If you bop a midget on the head. With an inflatable hammer, it turns into ten gold coins. That's oh, oh, okay. Because I, 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 with me, it's like uh, I just have a thing. So now I know with an inflatable hammer, it's like it, it'll be just like the essence just, of my neck being. Just to be clear, I don't want any midget violence, but <laughs> inflatable hammers and they turn into ten gold coins. It's been extremely impressive. No, but you mentioned that you was part of the, the state athletic commission, like, and no one is able. Like, people always can say, you know, they could throw titles around, but how is it that you were you were able to get into something like? that how do you become uh, uh, a participant in that well yeah, i mean you apply there's a test there's a knowledge test and a practical test and you just get licensed um why did you, but, like, do you it? know that my well my background my background in mixed martial arts um you know i was training uh in mixed martial arts in new york and you know just a friend of a friend was like hey i've been like i'd love pro wrestling since i was little you know like everything and he knew that so he was like, yo, they need these, this, this ref. And I was like, oh, I, I could probably pass that test. So um, 
I was trying to get into mixed martial arts, but I didn't really want to get punched in the face that often. Right. So I was like, oh, I'll ref. I mean, who does? And then, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, some people, you know, <laughs> some Joey, Joey Janela probably likes, I don't know. It's funny because, you know, with myself, I've always been a wrestler. But I kind of just fell into it. I kind of just fell into it. And then they need, I, you know, they asked me to do this, this match for them because the event was sanctioned by the New York State Athletic Commission. Right. The match was unsanctioned by House of Glory. And that's like, I just did that one, and then I got hired at House of Glory, and, and then I, I started training with Red. And, you know, and now it's like. Are you only sanctioned for wrestling? Or it's wrestling only? What? Uh, you're, oh, you're ex- um. Oh, can you cover like uh, any MMA, which is now coming to New York, or um, yeah, I, any boxing? Well, yeah, that was so. I had I I would have to get relicensed probably right for MMA because it doesn't it wouldn't retroactively cover that. But I would love to do that. That'd be great. I mean, I have I fought um, a few times in New York. I've never refed. Right. Um, I probably could. I guess. I mean, I'm sure. I, mean, I know all the promoters, and I, my, my license covers it. But I'd ra- honestly, if I'm at a mix, if I'm at a, a, a fighting event, I, I'd rather fight. Um, but so, yeah, so I, you know, that's kind of changed. My attitude toward getting punched in the face has changed a little bit, I guess, over the last five years. But, because, um, you know, you got you to gotta lay it in, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, uh, that means you too, brother. Um, no, no, no. I, because my thing is, like, I see, I, I've seen what you, you've done with officiating. And, and, and like you said, you've told me about your background. And I, I saw you recently, you were at the, the, um, the recent, uh, a, uh, pro wrestling punchlines in which uh, uh, Billy Gunn and and uh, Farouk was there, and you you sat for the seminar with Billy oh, Gunn. Yeah, oh my God, that was incredible! And I, and oh, I, I was I was surprised so because, it, like I said, I know you as an official, but I didn't know that you were in the wrestling game that deep. And 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 oh. and, and I and I give you I give you much uh, uh, much credit and much ado for that because there's there's a there's there's officials who go in. And they think that's just what it is, you know. I I I, I count the three count. I do the counts outside. Nah, but there's a lot that crazy. goes into it, and there's a lot of uh, I mean, there's a lot of. I have the best. I have, not only do I have the best seat, but I'm I'm part of the show. So right. I mean, you know, my my most I would say my crowning achievement. Well, I have I have two biggest accomplishments in my career so far. The very short career that I've had. Um, I I worked um, number one. Uh, was Amazing Red versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, in a match Amazing. in honor of, of Eddie Guerrero. And to be able to do that, for Red to trust me um, enough to you know be in the ring with him for his dream match really meant a lot to me. Um, before you before you go on for, before you go on to the next one, I gotta ask you when you get oh, the yeah, call please, when you get the talk. call when you get the call for that. Like, how does it happen? What's the progression? Like, do, 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 you, um, do you get the call that night, or do you know ahead of time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean, I, it depended. Um, I guess I found out that night. I mean, I kind of maybe knew. Reddit maybe, you know, had had talked to me about, uh, you know, like, you know, you're ready to, re-, maybe mentioned, like, hey, you're ready for the event, or maybe, you know, during practice or whatever, you're going to, you're, like, you're going to be there, kind of right. make sure, yeah, maybe. But, um, you know, it's just, we write it on the board. We, we trade off means, you know, and, uh, and I actually, it was just us, the two of us at the time. Now we have, uh, Brian Burgundy, Kevin Everett. Right. Um, but we have, uh, Little Red as the other rep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love um, that guy. 
I get that's I bust red, his that's balls red, all the that's time. Red, that's Red's older brother. No. Um, <laughs> I bust his balls all the time. No, but so it was just the two of us. So I think we just traded back and forth, and you know it was the main. So they said, Zach, you got the main. I said, all right, fantastic. And um, what now? Now what goes to your mind? My first reaction. My first reaction was to give it to Zeno. I get you get nervous. It's a big show. I mean, that's a yeah. big. That's a big thing. It was, like, what, it was, nervous, it was like almost. It was eight hundred, almost nine hundred in the building. And I think it was by the time the match went on, there was almost a thousand. I think yeah, there was, it was a thousand. A, in the yeah, it was almost a thousand. Yeah. Then nine hundred paying ticket, nine hundred paying tickets, but you get family. You know, of course yeah. it's a big event. You know, you got to throw out to the sponsors. What's up? And you you get clothesline. Duck the, don't forget to duck the clothesline. Shout out to the sponsors. Duck the clothesline. SRG Universe is uh, uh, SRG Universe as well. I gotta yeah. to them. That's my guys over there. I gotta, I gotta reach out to Steve. You've never you've never been to the spectacle so grand. It's only known as the Super Show. You're missing out. It's so fun. I oh love my that God, game. you are doing shameless plugs. You are so worse than me. <laughs> I am. Shit. I'm terrible. I'm horrible. Whoa, I got to reach out to Steve brother. anyway because he's got because I, I got to be part of that that, that plug in as well. But when you Hell get yeah. when you get the um when you get the call, you're in the ring. You're in there with two legends. You're in the ring with two legends. Legends, legends. and one that I can you know I consider like a mentor and a you know, sensei. That's you know we you know and um, you know Rey Mysterio is. I have pictures of me making a mask like out of like duct tape and paper mache and aluminum foil and like the string in the back like i was a super fan when i was a little kid of course so you like, even the, even yo, as an official you were marking one, out of course but like you have to you know you, you have to go in there and be as you know as serious as the matches and, as my, and i and i have um, to say i i was there for it and you were you did a top-notch job the, and the one thing that i, I have mean, to say spots there, and there's spots there that you have to kind of you know, and this is from this. I'll pull the curtain back a little bit, but stuff like okay, Red gets, uh, Ray gets, or no, who is it? Red gets hung up right in the corner, right? Now, that's that's a spot, right? We can do it. We can right. say those words, right? That's a spot, right? So, so what do I do, right? As a ref, this is kind of like my process, right? What do I do as a ref? Do I stand back and look like an asshole while Ray runs into the corner and does a, a baseball drop kick? Oh, yeah, nice job. Of course, I just let him hang there. Why? I would try to help him out. That's illegal. He can't be in the ropes. So you got to, you know, you got to play that enough where it looks like I'm assisting trying to help. Right? And just, and and just, that, as, that he, just as, as what and you're doing just right now, just, just as what you're doing right back. now is exactly what I wanted to convey to the listeners is that just, there is more to that. Pops back like, oh, my God. Right. Ray, why would you kick him? And right. You, you pop back, you pout, and you, you get out there so the fans can see the move. But, like, you can't just, if you sit there and, like, you sit there like an asshole, you look like an asshole. You look like this is, there's something wrong, and it draws people's attention away from, because they know that, like, if this was a real thing, it is, I mean, it is real, but if this was, like, a, a legitimate sport contest, the ref would have certainly be right. this like, this person's caught up in this thing, but the timing has to be there, and the spacing has to be there, the camera work, everything, like, it's. It's crazy. I love it. I mean, I, I learned which I, which, so much which I want to ask about because... the business of pro wrestling. From I mean, and that's my second, by the way. Yeah. My second, my second biggest accomplishment is a great segue. Is the thirty-minute Broadway, thirty-five-minute match uh, with AJ Styles and Ricochet? Oh, um, oh, wait, wait. Before you go into that, before you go into that, because I'm gonna get to that in a minute. My 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 whole thing is for me. 
if I was gonna get into wrestling, in which uh, you know I've always loved it from the beginning, and and you in it, you in it right now, brother. Oh, I've 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 been I've been such a fan. I've been I've been always I've always wanted to be a participant. I've had you know friends who've been around me who whose family. As a matter of fact, I've always told stories that you know Amazing Red. I've known him before. Like he's even known him because I know him from other gyms and stuff. But for yeah. me, I was that. never one that I could sit there to say that I would be the the act the the entertainment i'm not the performer i'm not the wrestler that's not me i, I wouldn't mm. do that yeah my whole thing i was i was either going to be a which i'm looking forward to do future is commentary b that'd be dope would be uh I, i've always would have liked to been either manager of that magnitude or c i would have liked to have been an official did you always think that officiating and the act of officiating was easy no, no i think that was part of so i you know like i did the one i did the one unsanctioned match right and then i actually started training before i ever uh, before i ever wrapped again so so, so you had I, to get you had, got, had to got, get you had to get smartened up about officiating i mean that kind of you know, i mean i was already i'd say i was already pretty I was in tune with the business. Right. Um, but, you know, you had to get, I had to get trained. I have to learn how to bump. I have to learn how to roll. I have to learn how to run the ropes. Conditioning is key. Strength is key. Like, you know, I mean, you just, you train just as hard as a wrestler. And I mean, I was training when I made the transition, I had like the referee thing in the back, but they had, they had a couple other refs. There's, uh, like Ozzy, slow count, Mark Edels, and Zeno was refing at the time. Right. Um, so they had refs. Like I wasn't looking really even to ref, but like it just kind of grabbed me, and I was like, "Oh, I'd love to train." Like I said, I was training mixed martial arts. I just kind of made the transition, switched over, and I mean, really, we what we train with red is mixed martial arts. Right. I mean, just just the other just the other week we were, we had we were just boxing like straight up. That's like a shoot boxing class. Right. Like with a black belt in uh, taekwondo and a and a you know he has a I think he has a gold glove. And he knows that he knows through like his old sensei. Like, I mean, we were training like kickboxing and, and boxing with, you know, we had the pads and the headgear and everything. Like that's not, you know, I mean, we learn it. We're learning house of glory is much more than, than what, you know, everybody average pro wrestling is. Yeah. I it's saw not, you it's, doing it's it. I... It's a school of, I mean, we are, you know, you know, we're a school of, of, Combat athletes. Yeah, that's I saw. True. I saw you here because he likes to. True. He likes to share it on his true. Snapchat. Pro wrestling as it's our no, social media. He shares as, it. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh no. Like I said, it's like we're combat athletes that choose pro wrestling as our avenue of expression because we like to tell stories. We're combat athletes that are also storytellers that love the rush of the crowd to be able to bring people up and bring them down and and have that ride with them. That's because we love that. That's that's amazing, and to be able to affect people much more than the random outcome of a not random outcome, but the you know the flash outcome of a fight or right. a decision, the the kind of chaos that you know mixed martial arts is, and you know the danger as well. It's much pro wrestling when it's done properly, it's much less dangerous than uh, you know mixed martial arts, of course. So tell, um, t- tell the tale sure. and also shout that. out to CM shout out to CM Punk for stepping in the cage because he's a savage for that. Oh God, I had, yeah, listen to my he, last episode. Yo, I'll tell you a story yo, about yo, that. I, like, as a sort of, I don't really want to talk about it that long, but to have the guts to do that, I don't care. He got tapped like a white belt because he is a white belt, but he got tapped like a white belt. That happened. 
Oh. We've all been there. I've been there a hundred times. I'm, 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 I trained. I'm, I'm I trained a dude. I trained a dude that started going to a dojo like regularly, and like I'm still a house of glory, and I'm not really training to be DJ. And like he taps me regularly now, and like that's fine. That happens. That's mixed, that's that's BJJ. That's mixed martial arts. But yeah, my, the, my whole headache the, is the that bravery because... to have the bravery to step in the cage is it takes a lot. That's a lot. I mean, uh, the, the paycheck didn't hurt. The paycheck didn't oh, hurt. His bank account won that fight. I mean, my my sure. whole thing about that honestly is just like I I, I expressed it in my last episode. But I, my whole thing is just like um, oh, I heard. if he didn't have the CM Punk name. Any yeah, case, absolutely. my whole, my whole, my but whole thing. But he did, though. He <laughs> but did, no, though. but he did, he did. Like I said, he did. But he didn't have amateur fights. Yeah, he didn't he have did. amateur fights. But which amateur fighter has ever been dropped from the top of a fucking semi-truck onto the cement floor? Yeah, None but of you them. know what? But like, you know what? Tough. He's still toughness. He has that toughness. If this was UFC 1, he would absolutely be a headliner. Just because, you know what I'm saying? Like, UFC 1 was all about that shit. Tank Abbott and fucking Frank Shamrock. Like, well, they don't care. They didn't care. Yeah, These were badasses. Yeah, but my, CM Punk was a my, legitimate my whole, guy that could fuck. My whole open, idea about that not. is that he went in there, and I think Dana put him in there just for name title alone. He got the payoff. If it was any Joe Schmo from Idaho, they would have never done that to him, which it would have been true. a fair, I agree, I it agree with been you a fair argument, and it would have been reckless for it to be in anybody else. But I get it. And I and I understand it, and and, I, and, and, so, and to me, and, uh, and to be honest, two years. I hope I hope that he pursues it if he wants to, and I hope he gets yeah, he gets true. better along with. It. I hope he pursues it. I don't want it to be a one shot. I really would like. I'd rather because, not be a one shot. Right, I rather not be that'd a be one very, shot. That'd be very payoff. hypocritical of him. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I would want him to continue to the, the pursuit of it. And if he does, then he shuts a lot of critics and fucking and and, and a lot of uh, haters up, which is great. But other than that. Yeah. You have been in, like you said, you was in, you was in, you was officiating the Ricochet and AJ match. Oh yeah, so yeah, Big. absolutely. That's so that's Humongous. the biggest, that's the biggest. Humongous. Yeah, AJ was IWGP champion at the time. I think uh, Ricochet, uh, under an assumed name, uh, held the championship in California, and uh, was just coming off the. Uh, the heels of winning the best of the super juniors at the time. So it was, you know, it was on the, like, it, it was the stars aligned as far as wrestling goes. And of course, who are you going to get in there? The baddest referee in the ring. Right. Possible. So, yeah. I know. I, I, I wasn't so. going to, I wasn't going to stroke your ego, but since you were there. <laughs> no, of course. No, but no, to be able to, so this is what I was going to say also about the learning experience that refereeing is. Um, that what, I mean, I was in there for 30 minutes, right? So you're performing with these guys that, top class like s class wrestlers the best in the world so i'm performing with them in the ring for 35 minutes but i'm in the back two hours like just list, sitting and listening right you're under the learning tree absor- you're hearing all that exactly exactly absor- absorbing that like completely like yo yeah i'll go check the finish of the match yo was this in school oh, peace and you can walk over and like where you at um, all right, cool. We're doing this, this, uh, uh, okay. And you're going back, you're seeing how they abbreviate, you're seeing, you know, how they formulate sequence, how they, you know, they talk about the crowd and how they, you know, work backward from, from this spot to this spot. And, you know, it's, um, it was, it was awesome. It was unbelievable. The one thing, uh, that, the one thing like, that a lot of people don't that, understand that once, is like... Once I, start wrestling, once I start wrestling, hopefully we'll see some. I don't know. I don't know. Some the of the one thing I'm that people don't understand... When, I might forget it all. I'm not sure. I don't want to bring anybody's hopes up. But The one people that, that people don't understand about officiating is that it's about positioning. And they think that 
as an official, you're just standing there waiting for the big spot or you waiting for the. No, the that, yeah. I mean, you have yeah, to be. You, I mean, you, you should be. And I got to be you, in a place. Wait, hold on, because yeah, I'm, about to, I'm, about like to ass, I'm about to shine your ass in a minute. Hold on. I and do it's, all, <laughs> it's all about positioning and it's all about knowing how the fluidity of the match is going to go and to be at the right spot because, of course, you don't want to get in the way of the match. So you always find positioning, movement, and such. There's always been a thing in which certain fucking marks think that they know is that the referee knows the calls and all this shit, whatever the case may be, which I'm not even going to go into that. My whole thing is that the officials are so important because they are the orchestra of a symphony that's happening in the ring. And you guys help to carry it over. How is it that you are, how, how do you, uh, you know, how, how is it that you are, taught and learned how to position and and be at a place um, because i a friend of mine he's he, refs, he's done officiating larry, larry he knows peace, how to sell moves and all that stuff Chikara. right um larry peace from chikara taught me a lot uh steve huey um mark edels too like and zeno also zeno was refing a little bit before me kind of gave me like a little crash course right uh louis Zeno, he's the other ref and um but a lot of it's just being in there you practice that's what i was going to say before where like i said i got trained and so, but in practice, like we always have matches, and I would just referee the other people's matches. Right. So I would practice at like practice refereeing at practice. Um, and we're there, you know, house of glory is open every day, so you know we're always there, and you know we're just chilling, and we're, you know we're we're getting it done. So you know, I just got a lot of practice very quickly, and then like being able to be in the ring with guys that are so good. You know, I learned a lot from Samoa Joe. Uh, I refereed him and Chris Dickinson. Um, I learned a lot from Tommy Dreamer when he faced off against Brian for the House of Glory title. Right. Um, I learned a lot from Brian. Uh, Brian Excel, the boss. Learned a lot from him. Learned a lot from Red. I mean, Red knows, you know, most of the stuff. Uh, you can learn. Red made a lot of it up. Um, so, you know, you, I mean, you learn from everyone. But you, also you learn from being a wrestling fan and being a wrestler. Um, like, it makes sense. And, like, production, it makes sense to never have your back to the camera. Where's the hard cam? Word. Let's work it. Um, so you make it, you, know, you do a little you. Um, it makes sense, like, oh, if you're doing a power bomb, should I be in front of you? If you're doing a power bomb, a sit out power bomb, should I be behind the guy or in front of the guy? Well, his shoulders are going to be in front. So I should probably be like off to the in front. So, you know, when you count the three, you're right, you know, you're in position for where the move ends. Right. That, right. You know, or where the spot ends or whatever. Um, but you're also circling. You're looking. You're moving in. You're talking to guys. You're, there's other stuff. There's production aspects of refing, um, especially in the WWE. Not so much in the indie scene. Um, maybe sometimes, but not really. Um, with uh, like timing of matches, um, obviously that's more important with when you're on when you're on TV and you have time limits. But um, you know, also shows have time limits too. So you know, sometimes you'll get calls for two minutes or you know, take it home, whatever. Right. Uh, you know, so and you got to translate that in a way that's you no know, not not obvious. But um, now here's a no, here's a big know, question. I, I like to you. know. I've actually been. This is one of the biggest compliments I've ever received. Was from Johnny Gargano. Um, when he said like he's like you know other refs don't really do like I was what you know I was following the spots with him. Um, you know, in the back, and it's like word word going back, boom, 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 and I'm following and I'm I'm there with them. 
you know, I'm, I'm with them. And he's like, the other refs don't do this. And that blew, that blew two, two things. One, it blew me away that other refs don't do that. Right. Because, like, if you're in the business, like, be in the business. This is like, I feel like, you know, if, you, if you're in it enough to be a ref, you're in it enough to love it, to be like, oh, I want to know exactly what's the deal. Like, how do you put this together? This right. is a puzzle piece. You know what I mean? Like, it's a puzzle with the crowd involved and, and the improv and what you're doing in the back and where the, you know, where the story's going and all these different things, how I'm involved. And that's, I love that. Taking bumps is great. Um, like my favorite, oh, the, the, I'm not gonna, I'm not kill kayfabe too much though. So. But I just don't, you know, being, being yeah, part of the don't show. Don't sell it. Don't sell being it. Being part of it is fun. Being part of it is great. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but, 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 but the thing I want to ask you is that there's, 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 there's individuals who are the up and coming guys who, who, who now becoming as in wrestlers that, that just feel as though that they can go into, a wrestling school and they they feel as though that they can be the next you know randy orton or the next roman reigns or the next aj the next uh adam cole or whatever well, I but think they they may not but, but they may that. not but, but wait, you have but, to take opportunities yeah but they may they not have it would you, oh, well, you would, would you tell them in education say listen um i've noticed that you might have a you know you, you might have a better calling and and refereeing and and officiating um, because officiating well, is say, a better call. That sometimes I would say that you also have to have it for refing. Maybe not the same exact one, right? But you have to be able to perform. Like when I was in the ring, that's a perfect example, right? I was in the match of AJ and Ricochet, right? There's there's a moment in the match where where AJ has Ricochet in a figure four. Like, like, around the ring post. Yes, I remember that. Right? I'm screaming at him. Right? I'm screaming at him. Do the count. He doesn't break at the count. So I get out of the ring. I scream in. I break the hold by force. Right. Scream in his face and, like, order him back in the ring. Now, I'm Zachary Snow. So no one, by the way. Shout out to uh, the many face god. <laughs> um, but, and that's AJ, that's AJ fucking Styles. Right. Current, current WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Who are you? <laughs> now, I'm the goddamn referee. That's who I am. And if you don't have, if you, if, if you don't have that, you can make a, you can make a match really shitty. Right. Um, if you can't turn that on when it needs to, when it needs to be, you can't make matches great. Um, and I, I would say like, I could, like a good referee can make a great match better. A bad referee can make a great match bad. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, definitely. So there's, you know, I mean, like, it's not, it, there is like a something that you have to be able to do with that. Um, and you know, it's also a little bit performance. Like I've, I've worked with Chikara once and I loved that. I had so much fun. I got to dance and be ridiculous. Um, uh, my glasses got stolen. Um, I danced with Ophidian. Um, you know, I blew a ridiculous call that I obviously shouldn't have done, but no one cared. Like, that was awesome. Like, it was fun wrestling. But you have to be able to, if you're in a match that's super serious, you have to be able to be the official. The, you have to be, you know what I mean? Like, the you have to be able to turn that on and be the authority figure. So, you know, to, to guys that 
are in the wrestling business. You just have to find your opportunities. That's what I was going to say. And you I see be I, I whatever see you, you w, you've done your officiating, but I also see that you're training to be a performer. Uh, are, are you are you getting some some calls to, to be in a ring to do um, some some outside ring work? Uh, or? A couple people have, have contacted me. Nothing. Um, Nothing that I've jumped at because I make good money as a referee and it's safer. Um, <laughs> but I have a, I mean, I have a contract with House of Glory. Is that what you want to do? Um, do you want to? Do you want to wrestle? I love. Think, I mean, I want. I want the business is you know is what I want to do. Basically, I mean, you know, what I mean, like as I love this business. So wherever I'm at, whatever, like I said, whatever opportunities are granted to me, you know, I'm going to take. You know, if there's a battle royal and they need an extra guy, at the right company, you know, absolutely. But I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna like. I'm not going to go out to like a Nebraska indie that no one's ever heard of. Right. Get like five dollars in an envelope. Like that doesn't make sense. Um, but like I, because I mean I'm training with one of the best in the world. You know, John Cena doesn't steal everybody's moves. Definitely. Um, I got yeah, and I, so, and I always tell people I I've 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 I've, I've put I've put my my I've linked myself to a nice a, a nice indie promotion because I've been there since day one. And you know, I see what you do there. And you're you're you you're a guy who's who commits to to the work, and you have been doing extreme work for 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 their matches and the promotions. You're so committed, and you so you you yeah. you've been doing. Major, and the promotions major I'm working for are doing really well. Like you know, they're a little bit smaller than House of Glory, but Excellence Pro Wrestling in Pennsylvania. Blitzkrieg Pro Wrestling. Nah, uh, but House of Glory in, seems like you're like you're, 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 you're like the recognized premier. Yeah, home, you're the course. premier recognized guy. Give um, give them, give, give some social media shout outs to you to where they can get you at. Uh, my social media, uh, Facebook.com slash Zachary Snow H O G. There was like two uh, pages for that. You gotta help me out with that. Which one is yours? Like what? It was like two of them. I had to. Well, no, you. I have. A, I have a I have a friend page, of course, but I have an I have an athlete like page. Please, oh, my okay. Page. <laughs> uh, Zachary Snow, that's Zachary Snow zero. You okay, do that that's my like page, um, and that's like my mixed martial arts stuff. That's everything. Um, kind of keep updated with there, uh, and then uh, Zachary Snow one on Instagram, Zachary Snow H O G on Twitter, uh, and of course, you know, check out House of Glory H O G Wrestling on Instagram, House H uh, O G Wrestling on Twitter, House of Glory Wrestling on Facebook, H O G Wrestling dot net. For tickets and information, and for the school, of course, come through, train like a champion with a champion. Like I said, I've been so blessed to work with. I think champion from every organization that's ever been an organization. Yeah, WCW, New Japan, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, TNA, WWE. So if it's been a place, I've worked with a champion, a world champion from one of those places. And can you let, so, let, one let of them, those those, those I mean, wrestling guys out there who are trying to get into business who may not have the talent trying to get into business and you're not training. But let them know that officiating officiating might be oh, a no. wave. Officiating is no joke. Like you have to be in good shape. Pretty if you want to be at a high level. Like I said, I mean I've worked at a high level. I've been fortunate enough to work at a high level, but that's because. I have the tools and that you can gain those tools, but you have to be in good shape. You have to be in condition. You have to know the business. You have to understand a match. You have to understand intensity. You have to understand, uh, you know, the turning that second gear, getting, you know, you have to be able to work a crowd. You, on, like I have to be, you know what I mean? Like I have to be able to get a crowd to believe 
that even though the rules say you have 10 seconds outside the ring, that it doesn't matter that you've been out there for 45 seconds. That does, I have to be able to translate that. And another, like, I also translate the emotion somewhat to the crowd. This is another little, this is a little layer that I don't know if anyone's ever taught me this, but it's kind of, you know, kind of from, from learning from, you know, the great wrestlers. Um, my reactions to things, the way I react to moves, uh, uh, cheating or a hold or, you know, um, that translates to the audience. And if I'm not there, like if you're choking someone in the corner, right? and I go up to you and I'm like, yo, dude, can you stop? One, two, three. Nobody's going to care. Four. It's not going to, it's not going to, it's like the audience isn't going to be like, oh my God, he's choking. It's going to be like, oh, look, he's doing something, whatever. Um, it's in the corner. Like he can't be in the corner. But if I'm screaming at the top of my lungs in his face that he has to stop choking him, you have to get, like, you know, like in UFC, like if that was happening in UFC, whatever, and then I give him the count and it's loud, it's strong, authoritative, whatever, he doesn't break at four, I rip him off, I back him up, that translates something very different. And like I was saying, like, you can't, I mean, you can learn it, but, like, it's just something that you have to just, it's performance. You have to be able to go out there and perform and be part of the performance. Um, and like you were saying, some refs, apparently a lot of refs, don't do that. I don't really watch. I like Red Shoes. I like Charles Robinson, right. Mini Nate. You know, but, Woo. but you know, like I, you just kind of learn from doing. And that's been wrestling forever. Like, I mean, as much as I would love, and that's, I've been blessed. I've, I got to be able to work in the ring very soon after I started training. But like, you look at guys like Ric Flair. Ric Flair trained for three months and had his first match. He didn't even, he wasn't even smartened up to the business when he walked out to the ring. That's a true story. That's what, yeah, as far yeah, as he's yeah. concerned. He's always he, he, he didn't, still didn't even know. He learned it. The lock. He learned it in the lockout. And, and the lockout, yeah. Just follow me, kid. All right, word. And that's what a lot that's, of wrestlers do. And and I think that a lot of um, like, a lot I mean, of referees so get lost. A lot of uh, officials get lost in that as well. And like you mentioned, the story happens in a ring, but you guys are the storytellers. You are the conveyors of. The emotions. You guys are the ones that put it over. I wish that I, you know what I. I, I, I want to have you on. I, the next time I have you in, we doing it. You got to come in studio because a lot of people don't. Yeah, know. that'd be great. I would you're, love that. You are a guy. You 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 actually spit. You're a lyricist. I want to bring you in the a studio little, and drop. And oh, I want to drop a beat spot. on you. I want to oh, do that. Okay. Uh, next time you okay. come in, I might have. To. I might have to. Uh, all right, I'll have uh, no, 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 and then uh, Zachary Snow on Facebook. Friend me, like my page. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Zachary Snow H O G. Uh, T O S S James. This has been amazing. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. Like you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm a rapper. I, I thought you were. I thought you were bigger than me. I never. I never thought you could be on the show because you were too. But you were too big for me. So never. What? No, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I, I like. I don't know. I don't want to be on the show. I'm like too small. That's a, but like, 
You know, I mean, we got to stay humble. That's the that's no, the no. Lesson, let me tell but. you, I always, I, I, but with all the wrestlers that we had here, I, I, I always wanted to have an official up in here so they could basically give and a, a glimpse of what the wrestling world is. And my listeners need to know that it's just not about the performers that's in the rings; it's about the officials as well who sells everything out there. So I thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And, you know, anytime you want me back on, just let me know. No doubt. I see, I, I see you Saturday. House of Glory. Big show. House of, September oh, yeah. 24th. At the Lodge. Ugh, oh, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, you saw it. All or nothing. All or nothing. The main event. EC3 puts his World Heavyweight Championship title on the line against Brian Cage. It's going to be a knockdown dragout fight if you've ever seen one. Um, but that's House of Glory. All or nothing. The Queensboro Elks Lodge, uh, September 24th. Uh, tickets on sale at HOGWrestling.net. Um, you know, I, we look to see you there. I, I mean, I, last show, we had 1,200 people. We, we're only going up. This place only seats 400. I'm expecting riots in the streets, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm expecting. Uh, so get there early, to be honest. And I know there's going to be a Buy me a drink. Just make sure you buy me a drink over there. Buy of me course, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> I, I will, I promise. But it's you know, the official. You know, Herbal Affairs is going to be having a tailgate as long as the weather's nice. Oh, you know, yeah. As long as the sun is shining and then the wind is easy. But, you know, there's going to be a tailgate party before the show uh, with Herbal Affairs. You know, you got to see all the guys coming in. Queensboro Elks Lodge is uh, a legendary spot. That whole block is uh, has great history. So, you know, be a part of it. How's it going? We broke the record last time we were in the Elks Lodge for attendance. And I expect us to do the exact very same right now. It's so, the official you know. tissue. The official tissue will official your boy, Zachary yeah. Snow. Thanks again for being on. Zachary man. Snow, keep watch. Fear the snow. This is the baddest rep in the biz for TRSS. Thanks Thank so you, much, sir. James. Appreciate it. Guys, we'll be back later. I'll holler at you in a minute. God bless. Peace. This is TJ Perkins, TJP, and you're listening to TRSS. Extra, extra, read all about it. Take a gander at Turbuckle Tabloid. After watching the Cruiserweight Classic, the finals for the fourth time, I got to tell you, my chest swells up for, number one, how in the past few months, how not only WWE, but wrestling in a whole, be it the indie scene, be it the big time promotions and such, it's it, it feels like it's coming to the surface again. I recently had someone over who I haven't seen in some years now. We were hanging out, and he was telling me he hadn't watched wrestling in a long time. Usually, wrestling was something that I, I I'm the, I'm the kind of individual that brings people back into the fold in wrestling. You know, when I'm at work. People have these conversations with me, and they go, "Wow, I remember watching wrestling in the Attitude Era. I remember watching uh, WCW. Goldberg was my dude. Sting was that dude. You know, I haven't seen it in such a long time." And they're often amazed that I still continue to watch it. And I always tell them, "I said, hey, listen, it's like you watch your favorite TV shows. You watch Game of Thrones. You know, it's this, it's that, but you can't help but stop watching it. You enjoy watching it, especially if you're a fan." And wrestling has now, I, I tell people that this is the time, if you're going to watch wrestling, it's this is it. This is almost like if you wanted the attitude, like if you were the attitude era person, you're not going to get that. But what you're getting is a reset button from the old changing of the ways. You know, you stopped watching wrestling because maybe you didn't have the time anymore. Maybe you, you grew out of it. 
and a lot of people say, you know, ever since you know the John Cena era, or they 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 made it more kid friendly. I don't watch it anymore, which is funny because real fans, when you first started watching wrestling, that's you know, for in my generation, you watched it when it was kid friendly. You got spoiled during the Attitude Era, but that's when you watch wrestling kid friendly. Hulk Hogan, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, you know that you know, drink your whole milk, whatever the fuck it is that he wanted you to do. So besides. Uh, not like black people. Any case, uh, that's when you watched it, and then attitude ever came. It changed up, and now you have, you know, we we had that PG era, the ruthless aggression era, and and such, and people, you know, just didn't watch it anymore. Diehards stuck; they stuck through it. This past year has been, you just hit. To, you know, like I said, you hit the reset button. You, you had the emergence of the WWE. Uh, NXT is bringing up, you know, the indie guys that people have been wanting to see, plus the in-house talent that's that's been emerging and becoming superstars. You have guys like Biggie, who was Biggie Langston in NXT, and now he's part of the New Day Tag Team Champions. You, you, you get the the indie guys like Samoa Joe, Nakamura. Who come into NXT and shake it up and and put on these high caliber matches? You also got Owens, Zane, uh, uh, Seth Rollins, Ambrose, who are the indie scene and are are just key staples to the promotions now. And then you also have on the main roster the the in house guy Roman Reigns, which many of you guys may not like, but I got to tell you, the guy has been able to put on some matches. Now, I know, you know, the force feeding of him has not been the big thing that you guys who are fans are enjoying, but I can't take anything away from the guy when it comes to his wrestling. The guy is actually spot on. He knows the big spots, and he's been able to hold his head and his his body against, you know, quality and professional wrestlers. And then, of course, you have who I, I'm, I'm going to, pitch to say is probably possibly the greatest wrestler of our modern era meaning in the past 20 years i'm gonna say aj styles who's been able to take over every every promotion that he goes to and not only prove that with age comes quality such as a chris jericho but also He's able to come in and not only put himself over, but put others around him over, which you don't see that often with a guy of his age, experience and caliber. Now, going back to the CWC. Well, before I go there, I just want to say also you you, you can't put to the side the other promotions that's that's trying to not go headstrong against the machine. That's WWE, but still able to put promotions in check and it's like you know you're not gonna win first place but at least you're the dog in the fight in second and third you know you're 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 scrapping and not only that you're also at the same time helping each other up for instance new japan has high quality professional wrestlers there which they trade off with ring of honor and Ring of Honor also trades off with TNA. You know, these guys, they continue their inner circle. It's almost as if it's back in the days of the old promotions, the the, the, the NWAs, when they all were able to you know, 
move around their champions just to promote not only each other but their 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 promotion as well and their talent. And I see that happening with the, you know with, with how Ring of Honor and New Japan Lucha they they they're like the old territories, which is a very which is a good thing because at the end of the day, your goal is to get to the big show. You want to be at the the the, the top of the, the top tier of of all promotions, in which is WWE. And for a guy like T.J. Perkins, I gotta say my my chest swells, and I'm not only saying this because I've I, I, he, he's done a drop for the show. He 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 was very kind to do that. And he was a really, really cool guy. He's real nice. Had a nice conversation with him. But it was also for the fact because I remember watching him early on in TNA. I remember when, uh, it, it, he, if you guys didn't know, he was under the guise of suicide, also manic. But when he first started off, he was suicide. After Christopher Daniels, who was underneath the suicide mask, he pushed away because Daniels would often do that. He would do Curry Man. He would do uh, Suicide. He he worked these different gimmicks. But once he stopped doing it, T.J. Perkins took it over. And I always wondered about why would they put him under the mask? The reason being is I've seen him in the indies. I, I watched his, his, his videos on YouTube. I've seen him you know, do uh, indie shows from you know coast to coast. And I always thought that, you know, this was a guy that should be seen because, you know, he has a look. He's a good looking kid. He comes off very appealing, not only to kids, but also to the women fans. And he has the skill set in which guys could could actually feel that if they were in a lighter division that they can do, because for me, I've always thought he made. He made wrestling moves look easy when you know they were difficult to pull off. Other wrestlers that, that I always have said was able to do that were Ricochet is a guy who, who, who can do that. You know, he, he does all these flips and stuff, but when he gets technical, it's like you feel as though like you can do these moves if you were, you know, if you were in, in some sort of shape. And then you didn't realize that there's a, there's an, there's a craft, there's an artistry to it. Uh, as much as I wasn't a big fan of him early on, Cody Rhodes had that same thing. You know, I just I, I wasn't a fan of him as a gimmick wise, but I always thought that he was a wrestler that can be technical, but it also can take it high if need to. And one of the greatest in which, you know, doesn't get as much credit as it should. But he's a guy that wrestlers from across the globe know of his set is amazing red himself. I always thought even early on when he was a kid and, and, and I knew of him from the neighborhood and, you know, he knew guys that I knew that were in the business and then he took his talents, you know, overseas and stuff. And I would watch the, the, the videotapes and the, the, the DVDs of him. And then I would see how he would make moves happen and innovate stuff. And you would go, shit, you know, if I was, you know, if I was this shit, I, I could do that shit too. Fuck that. I could do that. It's not, it's not always about the big power moves. It's not always about the, 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 the big highlight. It's also about being able to tell a distinct story in the ring. And this is what the CWC, the Cruiserweight Classic did for, just everyone who wasn't aware of how, you know, everybody would think that this whole thing is about, 
being the lightweight is about spot monkeys. Everybody got to be jumping over shit and like 450 splashes and standing moonsaults and stuff like that. And and that's what everybody thought that these matches were going to be about and they weren't. There was so much compellingness with it. You know, you had continuous chain moves and chain and chain wrestling. You went into, you know, an arm bar that went into a wrist lock that changed over to a standing, uh, you know, a standing reverse, uh, reverse DDT, which, uh, you know, the opponent would kick out and then reverse it into a, a backslide schoolboy. Like there was so much connection to, to, to storytelling and the, 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 the masses of audience that did, that, that weren't aware that this can occur was presented something almost almost like an a, a an epiphany of what genuine wrestling could be about you know and it almost reminds me of like the classic style of of putting together you know not the you, you didn't need the big powerhouses it reminded me of when you had macho man versus uh, you know steamboat when you had flair going up against uh harley rays but then you threw in an element of a hardy, a hardy boy, or it, it just seemed to like culminate. It's just like one of these things in which you just put all these types of wrestlers in a blender, and you come out with such a collective unit. And the thirty-two guys who competed in it were top-notch and and outstanding because there was there there was not an episode that you did not say that there wasn't an exceptional match. Everything was above average to borderline great, in my opinion. You know, and, and some of the, some of the individuals that were involved, you would sit there and go, "Who the fuck was that?" Like, okay, whatever. But you have, you know, guys like Perkins who 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 were able was able to come from behind the mask, which I always was not a fan of. You know, the suicide gimmick was really cool at the time. You know, it was something that was like, "Wow, okay." I can see where TNA wants to do with this, but I always thought that they they had it out for too long. I remember watching an episode of TNA in which he came out of the mask. He cut a promo and he he wanted to come. He wanted to come from behind the mask, and I and I I was excited because I was like, "Damn, this is a guy that I think that he needs to be seen." Rather than just be just a fixture with this gimmick, and I think they gave him maybe a two shot with him just being T.J. Perkins. Of course, they also had their their one night stands, which you know, they had their, their, their cruiserweights or their their X division guys. And he came he came out. Nobody supposedly knew that he was suicide, but at the end they still pushed him back. And then Hulk Hogan came in, and I would have thought that. He would have understood that maybe he didn't, you know, he was a guy that didn't need the gimmick as well. But what did they do? No, they pulled away from the suicide name. I guess they figured out that you know, we might not want to glorify uh, the, the the actions of killing yourself. You know, I, I guess somebody fucking realized that wasn't a cool thing to do. But, you know, Hogan came in and, and he said, I, I, you know, I have, a, I have a gimmick for you, brother. And this is something that will actually put you over with the fans. And I'm sitting there going, "Yes, I'm, ha- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 
well, I'm finally going to see this kid become become himself, do something that he can he could actually grow from and not just be pigeonholed behind his gimmick. But no, we're going to change you up, brother. You're not going to be suicide anymore. You're going to be manic. Gray. We kept them in the same, same, same wrestling gear, the red and blue skull face, just changed them to manic. And then after a while, he changed up his, uh, his appearance. He got with that, uh, James Storm revolution faction, that, that, that stable. And I was still sitting there going, this kid needs, something more like i i even said i i've always said this and i always wanted to see him live and i and i and it was times that i even pitched it on the house of glory page where i was like yo you guys gotta get tj perkins like i would love to see him and red go against it they go against each other or uh you know whatever whatever you guys book i i I was always i always wanted to see him more than just be this guy who Who's like some fodder for either hokey? I don't know. I, I you know sometimes that lucha shit just could wear thin if you're not so committed. Sometimes being behind that mask thing could just just hinder people. So when I heard that he was going to be in the tournament for the Cruiserweight Classic, I was like, "That's fucking cool." Now we actually going to see this kid come up. And like I said, I saw him at House of Glory. Real nice guy, real humble. He was at his merch stable. People were coming by. They were, you know, he was he was very obliged. You know, he obliged taking pictures and such. And but you could see that he, he enjoyed the atmosphere. Like this was the reason why he was in the business. And I could, I could only hope that one day I can be a part of a business, be it podcasting or media or whatever the case may be, where I can be in an area and feel as though that I'm not working, that it's fun and I'm getting paid for it or I'm entertaining and people enjoy what I'm doing. So with that being said, I didn't pick him to win. I, I thought that this was going to be something. I know he was going to go deep in, in, in the tournament. I had him around the Elite Eight, but I didn't think that he would win because I thought the WWE was going to look more at Ibushi or maybe uh, Zack Sabre Jr. I thought they were going to be more lined up to get those guys over. But when I saw that they took them out in the final four, it was uh, it was a it was a breath of fresh air, and it, it drew me more to the finale. And I gotta tell you, it was. I was watching it, and and when I you know when I finally sat and muscled down and watched it fully, I I, I saw these two men come into the ring and wanted to give not only a spectacular match, but you could also see their peers in the audience watching it on, and they were, you know, these are guys who were in the competition with them, who were entertained and engaged by you know, and, and you know sometimes. People think, well, you know, this is predetermined and stuff. Fine. You know what? Fuck it. We understand that. You know, let's escape disbelief for a moment. But there's also things to where some of the guys that are in the back don't even know what's getting called. Sometimes 
you get a call right ten minutes before you go through the curtain, before you go through the gorilla position, and it's like you're going over. And that right there goes to tell you that. And especially how they presented it now is like, hey, listen, we're gonna give you this trophy, which I couldn't stand. I think that's so god. I mean, it's fucking god awful. It looked like a humongous FIFA World Cup kind of like international youth league trophy. I I wasn't a fan of it. But when he pulled out the belt, oh, you know, a lot of you guys give shit about the belts that are out now. I gotta tell you, I'm I'm a fan of the belts that are coming out. I don't, you know. You know, F what you heard. I mean, fuck that. I enjoy the belts that are coming out, but oh, that uh, that 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 cruiserweight belt is amazing. It's fucking spot on. But I gotta tell you, the kid has had an inspirational story. He's been wrestling since his his, his early teens, mid teens, fifteen, sixteen years old, riding riding up and down the roads, paying his dues, sleeping in the cars. He had a stretch of homelessness just so that he could he could crack it. He could crack into the business. And to see that this is the pinnacle of his career at the moment only could tell you that it's not over yet. With him now going to Raw and representing, we're gonna see we're gonna see some some fun happen with this kid. Like I said, pay attention because when it comes to his wrestling style it's more than just flying and uh, uh, doing you know, 450 splashes or, or doing springboards off the middle rope. Nah, pay attention to how the moves are done and connected. And it kind of tells you it, it's almost it's almost symbolic of what life is as well. It's not always about being a flash in the pants you know, for that one brief moment, that one spot. Think about the technical aspects of it and how each movement comes together to have the successful win at the end. Fucking bullshit! All right, going on the rumor mill, seems as though that TNA is looking, well, I don't know if they're looking to get bought out or they need financial help or people are just instant, it, 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 very much interested in their products. So it looks as though TNA is on the market for a buyer. Looks like the Sinclair Corporation, which basically over overlooks uh, Ring of Honor, that's a network conglomerate, is looking to get some bids in for TNA, total nonstop action, as well as WWE. It says it was silently and quietly placed that WWE is in possible talks and interest in purchasing TNA. Let the monopoly begin, which would be interesting because to me, I believe that if they do this, it um, it it basically takes over their whole library of content. That's that's a money maker there, as well as possibility of fleshing out the talent. I hope this. If it does occur, I hope it, they don't go the way of WCW's invasion, in which they really dropped the ball on that. They could have made that so much of a more exciting build. Although I wasn't that upset about it, but I also thought that they could have done so much better with it. Check out WhatCulture.com on how they would have booked it. That was actually a really, really good episode. It was the two-parter as well. 
uh, I, 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 that this will be interesting to see on the on 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 hindsight. So give that a look. To, to check it out. There are talks that there are the ratings for Raw and SmackDown have been dropping lately, and people are already bashing it on social media. I can't stand you, internet wrestling community. Community, go f yourselves. Um, I gotta tell you. You you gotta come you you people gotta understand something. Number one, we're we are in a electoral year. We have a big presidential campaign that's going down. So a lot of people's focus is is going that way. Also, we're in full swing of the NFL season that's going down. And finally, in my opinion, I think WWE usage of the YouTube page is being a little bit too excessive nowadays. It's, they give the quick rundowns of matches, and you got to understand, people now live in a day and age in which they live in an ADD manner. Everything is quick, fast now because I got to move on to the next thing. And you giving people that access to see quick spots and matches, it's not like a TV show where you give them glimpses of, of something and they go, oh, I got to watch the show. no. Sometimes they can get they fill and that's it. That's all. I, I think the you I think YouTube is damaging them uh, as well. Fucking bullshit. I'm not gonna give you a full rundown of how everything went down with all the shows for this week, but I gotta tell you, the addition of the cruiserweights on Raw is a definite plus. I gotta get you guys to check that out if you haven't seen it yet. With the addition of, of course, T.J. Perkins being the, uh, the, their champion there, but they added Deepai and Kendrick, Rich Swan, uh, the great uh, Metalik. You, they had uh, uh, Cedric Alexander. It's going to be a legit, legit division for them there. I'm just hoping that all things pan out for them, and I hope that it continues on further. This is something that's going to actually, you know uplift the brand as well as the talent that goes that way and what do you know we got a couple haters couple haters i got a question for you guys and i'm I'm, I'm gonna post it on the regular season sportscast facebook page i'm gonna ask you guys who right now do you believe is the greatest heel at the moment for wwe i'm gonna go with these choices you have kevin owens you have Rusev, you have Jericho, you have AJ Styles, you also have um, the Miz, of course. I believe that's a, that's that's a good that's a good rundown to, to start with for now because everybody else is like, eh, they're okay. Kevin Owens, of course, is supposed to be playing heel, but you know everybody loves him. Chris Jericho's been doing the heel the heel movement for years and he does it so well i love what he did this past role and uh rusev has become like this monster heel i don't even care about the whole russian ties bulgarian ties, whatever just him and his persona especially with the usage of lana now it makes it a legit monster heel role we also have the miz like i said he he loves that 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 whole style of being hated, he embraces it. Uh, AJ Styles, another one who's supposed to play the heel mode, but like everybody loves him. 
and, and it's it's one of those things to where we need that good legit heat heal and this day and age it helps to turn the tide on our wrestlers I've been in the danger zone before I close out, like I said, I'm not going to give you a rundown of all the shows this week because you know I'm, I'm running out of time here. But I got to tell you, can we stop the Roman Reigns hate, hate now? Can we stop it? Enough is enough. Let it go. They're giving the guys a different angle, different look, give a way to go through matches. And by the way, that match and the, the main event, him in the steel cage was Owens, was um pointless. Yeah, I said it. It was pointless. Don't know what, it, what, what, what was the, the outcome of that. Oh, and by the way, Seth Rollins. You're a spot monkey. I love you and everything, but let's start. Let's 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 stay healthy for the big match that you got coming up at Nine of Champions. Gonna give you a quick rundown and quick uh, prediction for me before I start closing out the show. Excuse me, I just did a Michael Cole there. It's actually Clash of Champions. Duh, I should have known that. And the matches for that PP view. This is Raw's first official pay per view. And the rundown goes as, as this TJ Perkins versus Brian Kendrick for the new Cruiserweight Championship, which, by the way, it is WWE's new, their own Cruiserweight Championship. Because remember, their Cruiserweight Championship was actually WCW's. What the WWE had before was a light heavyweight championship. So let's get that clear, guys. TJ Perkins over Brian Kendrick. That's how I have it. Cesaro versus Sheamus. I'm going with Cesaro to go for the four match sweep. Rusev versus Roman Reigns for the WWE United States Championship. I'm going to take Roman on that one. He's going to take the United States Championship. Sami Zayn versus Jericho. Jericho goes over. Charlotte versus Sasha versus Bailey in a triple threat for the WWE Royal Women's Championship. I'm taking Charlotte on that one. I believe they're going to build some tension between Bailey and Sasha. New Day versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson for the World the WWE Royal Tag Team Championship. I'm going Gallows and Anderson finally. Alicia Fox versus Nia Jax, women's singles match. Nia Jax is going to squash the hell out of Fox. And Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Universal Championship. And I am going Owens. By the way, I was just uh I was just corrected by Super Producer Sally. That's Nia Jax. Whatever. All right, guys, going to close out this week's episode of TRSS Podcast. Be sure you check us out on Facebook at the Regular Season Sportscast Facebook page, as well as on Instagram at Regular Season Sports. Check us out on Twitter as well at RWJ Santee. And check us out on the YouTube page, the Regular Season Sportscast as well. New videos coming up soon. Be sure you check everything out straight at RageWorks.net. Get all show contact. We are going to be all over the place comic-con uh, house of glory like i said it's going to be a tons tons of content coming your way on those channels be sure you check out call me when it's over with your girl's favorite artist josie's boy check out views from the 536 trss overtime with met fan matt and all things relevant with geek sports and just nonsense got a big got a big uh show coming up next week Got Rondo and Met Fan Man stopping by once again. They're gonna give us the rundown. Probably, I, I, I got, I, I got some ideas for a new segment for them. It's gonna be Turnbuckle Tabloid, but I, I'm gonna change the dynamic, the, ugh, the dynamics of certain things there. So be on the lookout for that. All right, guys, gotta get out of here. Gotta help Sally with her homework, and we gotta finish celebrating her birthday weekend. Ooh. 
I'm so excited. All right, guys. So thanks again for listening. Be sure you remember that uh, I'm not best for business. I'm best for everyone. Live the gimmick, guys. Catch you on the rebound. Squash. The regular season sportscast. Season Sports Cast.